Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, September 29th, 2023. We have a pretty big weekend. The MLB season concludes this weekend. We'll have the playoffs all set uh, after the games on Sunday. And then we have the London game, which means we get a full day of football on Sunday. And of course, we have a great weekend ahead with the Premier League matches and Champions League matches coming back next week. So, a whole lot going on. Uh, Luke, how are we feeling going into this great weekend? Fresh off of a yellow jacket bite on campus today. I am, um, and it's been a struggle bus health-wise, two weeks for me. The flu, I got insects coming after me. Ridiculous, man. But yeah. I'm here. I'm here for the people, and I'm here for you. This might be the first yellow jacket that defeats a Georgia Bulldog in a while. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Makes me hate him even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got plenty to talk about. So NFL Week 4 preview, of course. Do a little MLB recap, uh, MLB weekend preview with all these games that are pretty detrimental to the playoff picture. And then talk about the playoff picture, everybody that's clinched, everybody that's looking to this weekend. And then Premier League weekend preview, Champions League match day two. And then we'll round it out with questions time. Luke. Are you ready to get into NFL Week 4? Let's talk about this first team, man. <laughs> All right. Because well, holy shit. <laughs> then let's go ahead and get into it. The first matchup, Dolphins-Bills. Bills right now favored by 2.5 points over under 53.5. What are your thoughts? The team that just scored 70 and is... 3-0 and isn't favored to win this fucking game? Hey, man, anything can happen in Buffalo. Well, anything can happen for the Dolphins because they're coming off of a 10-touchdown game where they almost had – they had over 700 yards total offense, dude. You know, even going back and looking at their previous games defensively, they've actually only let up three passing touchdowns this year. They've only let up one every game. So – Josh Allen, a quarterback who's been kind of struggling, um, even in that commander's game, you know, they didn't really win because of him. It was a really a great performance defensively that got him over uh, the commanders. But, um, yeah, I, I really don't see a world where the Dolphins don't win this game. Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I kind of see it differently. I, I think that, you know, both teams are coming off a blowout win. The Bills beat the commanders 36-3 or 37-3. And I was super impressed by that Buffalo defense. Like, it's hard to look at last week from both of these teams, really, just because it was kind of a clowning on both ends. Like, they just shit on their opponent. But Buffalo going up against the Commanders team that looked pretty good in their first two games. Sam Howell looked very good in the first two games. And last week, he looked like they picked him up off the side of the road on the way to the game. Like, throwing four interceptions, and, like, I think he had just barely over 100 yards, maybe under 100 yards. He looked like shit, and and I think I give that to the Bills' defense. And a lot of the time, when a team puts up just crazy numbers, like, obviously nobody's nobody's put up four, or 70. That's the third most points. I think it's the most points scored since, like, 1966. The problem is it's very hard to back it up the week after because it's just, like, the game plan's kind of, like, Go out there and do it again. And that's yeah. that's all you have. 
So I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to have a great game on offense, but it's not going to go like last week. And I think that might be something that is a problem for them this week. Yeah, um, but I mean, even in their normal games, you have a 36 game and a 24 game. That's, you know, that's pretty good. Um, and of course, the 70 game in week three. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I see a Bills team that beat a Commanders team that was supposed to be bad. And I see a Miami team that put up 70 against the Broncos defense that's playoff ready. I mean, they they have some really good players on the defense. And of course, you know, the Commanders were looking good. But um you know, I kind of think everybody uh, – I, I honestly thought they were going to keep it closer. But, you know, going into the season, no one really thought the Commanders were going to be good, and the Bills made it look that way. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of my, um, I guess, reason for the Dolphins is, you know, going back to it, this Broncos defense is serious, and they put up 70. But is it as serious as we thought? Like, is that team actually – it made the improvements that we thought they did because they made improvements on the offensive line that hasn't showed. They changed head coaches that hasn't showed at all, possibly worse than what Nathaniel Hackett looked like because Nathaniel, we talked about this on Wednesday, me and Colin did, that Nathaniel Hackett obviously wasn't a good head coach. His first time head coaching, he didn't know what he was doing as a head coach. Sean Payton's won a fucking Super Bowl. He's like a Hall of Fame level head coach. And he can't even get this team to play well. So is that the Dolphins doing, or is part of it the Broncos? Yes, the Dolphins run an amazing offense. It's entirely positionless. Guys just do whatever they want, and it works. (laughs) I just think the Bills and their defense are a whole different monster. So I think being in Buffalo is going to be a big factor. And and coming off such a huge win, I think it will still be a high-scoring matchup, but I think the Bills are going to win. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't pick a team. I can't not pick the team that just put up 70 and won their past two games. Um, the Bills look a lot more beatable than Miami does, in my opinion. And yeah, the Bills defense is good. But um, I mean, have they really, I want to go back to their past games here just to check myself. So they played the Jets who put up 22 on them without Aaron Rodgers. Um, they made the Raiders offense look like the Raiders offense and only, you know, let up 10. And then they, you know, let the commander's offense or they didn't let the commander's offense really do much of anything. This Dolphins offense is going to be the best offense that they play maybe all season long. So yeah, that's, that's I, I likely. You're saying the, the bills are, you know, they're a great team and that defense looked amazing last week against the commanders, but I don't think it's going to be enough. All right. You have a score prediction. Um, hmm. 21-31. Okay, I'm thinking 38-35. A lot of points wow. in this game. like it. All right, well then let's move on to the next game. Ravens-Browns. This one, more of a defensive matchup than I thought it would be, you know, going into this season. But these two defenses have been insane. The I brought up a stat on uh, on Wednesday's episode that the Browns defense over I think it was like 53% of the time has given up negative yards or zero or yeah zero or negative yards like that's fucking ridiculous through three games Oh yeah and yeah. when it comes to this game it's about whose offense is going to run it right because 
I'm still questioning Deshaun's ability to like actually be the guy for this team. He did a great job last week, but the Ravens are so much better on both sides of the ball than the Titans. And I just think that the Browns need to run the ball a little bit more. We didn't see them run the ball really at all against the Titans. And Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt both need to have 10 to 15 carries each because you just you can't leave time on the clock for the Ravens because they use their time very well. We I've watched all three of their games so far. They manage the clock really well. They balance the run in the pass so that they can manipulate the clock in their favor. The Browns can't let them do that. Oh, I, I do like that take. Um, so I don't. I would argue that the Browns ran the ball a lot. They they ran it thirty one times between like six or seven different people. Um, I, I think Elijah it Moore needs to be carries. way more centralized. Okay, and that that we can both agree on because you have Harrison Bryant, who I think is a tight end on their team. Uh, Marquise Goodwin and Elijah Moore getting carries. We definitely can both agree that it should be Jerome Ford, Dream Hunt, Deshaun Watson when he wants to, and maybe Pierre Strong Jr., who we got to see a little bit against the Titans. He had a decent game um, for the amount of carries he had. But um, that Browns defense, it it might be one of the best, or it is one of the best in the NFL right now for sure. Um, And I have some stats to back you up. This is stats from the Titans game. Titans had six first downs. They were... 2-12 2-12 and 12 on third down, had 94 total yards on offense. Had one more drive than the Browns offensively. Um, 2.1 yards per play. 7.1 yards per rush. They had 21 uh, minutes of possession. The Browns had 38. Uh, the Titans didn't even give the ball up. Just punted the entire time. Yeah. The Browns had a turnover in the game and still had that much more possession or time of possession, and they gave up five sacks. I mean that that was really just a combination of a elite defense meeting a shitty offense. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was the perfect timing for this defense to meet with them. Yeah. Of course, um, and then um, on the Ravens side, even them defensively. Kyle Hamilton is coming coming off a three sack game. He is not an edge rusher. That 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 guy is a safety, <laughs> getting three sacks. And then you have Roquan Smith and Jadavian Clowney with a half sack. That sentence just sounds ridiculous. How are they on the same team? Yeah. It, it's um, this is it, this is one of the games of the week for me. I I really want to catch this game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's not going to be like a high scoring matchup. This is going to be like a close. Probably both teams score in like the teens or low twenties. I, I agree. <laughs> but I think for the Ravens, the biggest question going into this is, can you stop Miles Garrett? Like, can you stop him from changing the course of this game? What can you do to avoid him? Because if you game plan him like any other defensive end, you're going to pay for it. And yeah. he has shown that. I, I think we need to see a lot of design run plays with Lamar to the opposite side of Miles Garrett and a lot of play-action rollouts to the opposite side of Miles Garrett. Keep Lamar Jackson as far away from Miles Garrett because we know Lamar can move, but there's no reason to keep him close to Miles Garrett because he's ridiculous. He's going to get to him at some point. So quick plays, anything that deceives the defensive line, anything that you can do to stay away from Miles Garrett and the rest of these pass, rusher, or pass rushers 
and just get into open space, whether he's passing over the middle on a rollout or running it himself. Yeah, and what sucks even more is on the other side, you're basically having to choose between Miles Garrett or uh, Zadarius Smith, the veteran from the Packers for all those years. I mean, it's they're just unfair. Yeah. Unfair. And then even their secondary looks really, really strong this year as well. Um, uh, did you see the clip from the Titans game where the Titans had two tight ends following Miles Garrett to each side of the offensive yeah. line, and they ended up getting like a like a penalty because of it? It's just, um, God, it's absolutely insane what he can do. Seriously. Yeah, he is a force to be reckoned with this year. But w- with this game, like I said, it's going to be tens to to low twenties. So. I think I'm going to take the Browns just because of home field advantage. And okay. I, I kind of like – I like the Browns' ability to play against this defense more than I like the Ravens' ability to play against the Browns' defense. And so I'm going to go – nothing crazy. I'm going to go 2017 Browns. I knew you that, – that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. 2017 Browns, yeah. Yeah, a perfect I, score. I just think there's a there's a few holes in the Ravens' offense, and that's going to hurt them a lot. Sure, but the next game, I'm sure you want to talk about uh, of Steelers versus Texans. Steelers a three point favorite on the road, over under forty two. What what are you thinking? Uh, um, I I think. You know, unbiasedly, this is going to be a game where C.J. Stroud is going to get tested pretty hard. Um, Got that. Obviously, First note. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm honestly, like, even as a Steelers fan, I'm excited to see how he does. Um, he has been, in my opinion, literally one of the best quarterbacks in the league. For, for his situation and the fact that he still is yet to throw a pick, I think yeah, that's amazing, honestly. Yeah. Um, He's going to have to go up against a really mean pass rush and a secondary that personally, I think our secondary is kind of shit, but we managed to get a lot of picks somehow. So I don't know. It's going to be really, really interesting. Um, I know we're still without Deontay Johnson. Um, I honestly, I really can't even predict how we're going to look offensively. I I have no idea what's going to happen with us this game. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That's like my biggest question with the Steelers. But when it comes to the Texans, it's like, can this offense just get yards like they have all year and, and turn them into touchdowns like they did last week? Because that, that was the difference between the first two games and the third game was they were getting a ton of yards and doing nothing with it. And then you come into the third week and they put up 34 points. And it's like, okay, now we see how this offense can run in an efficient manner, actually make things happen in the red zone, things like that. But – for the Steelers, it's like, or sorry, for the Texans' defense, it's kind of a matter of like, can this defense get enough pressure on Pickett to make him make mistakes? Because that kind of happened last week where the Raiders just didn't really pressure him enough to make him make a ton of mistakes. And I know you can. Uh, we've seen it plenty of times. If you put a lot of pressure on him, Matt Canada doesn't do a good job of calling the plays, so it doesn't matter. If, if one thing goes wrong, that whole offense collapses. That's a good point. Um, it would also be interesting to see how the um, Texans' run game can fare against the Steelers because you know, it hasn't looked too good. Um, it, it looked okay against Josh Jacobs, but he still probably had his best game of the season so far. 
um, against the Steelers defense. So I'm kind of wondering if Damon Pierce is going to come alive this season. You know, we've been kind of waiting on him all year long. And even last week, uh, Devin Singletary outrushed him on less carries, had yeah. 10 more yards than him, um, which was really interesting. So um, I think if the Texans can find their run game for C.J. Stroud, who already doesn't make mistakes with basically taking on the entire offensive bulk through week one and two, the, uh, the NFL could be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Not just the Steelers, but it, it's this one's going to be good too. Yeah. I think, you know, we're all aware that the Steelers defense is insane. Um, but, you know, can can they make the necessary changes to the offense to, to be successful when they're facing a high-powered offense? Because this Texans team, we know they can put up points. We know they can get downfield. Can the offense take its opportunities when they actually come onto the field? And can the defense get the offense on the field and make something out of it? How many times are they going to turn the ball over on defense and then have the offense come out there and just get a three and out? Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't really watch ridiculous. it more. <laughs> I, um, and I'll always say this about Mike Tomlin. It, it just seems like he can turn can make wins out of anything yeah like the Steelers do not look like a they don't look like a two and one team no I mean the, the defense is amazing but that offense should not have two wins this season and it's so stupid because you have and more on the left uh, uh he's our left tackle he is like statistically one of the worst left ta left tackles in the league right now you mean to tell me that you traded up to draft an offensive lineman and he's not even going to play just because of how he looked in training camp. Oh boy. It's, and then Darnell Washington. I don't even know if he has a target this season. He might not. It's just, I don't see like, him on the field ever. If you are a quarterback who is, you know, getting pressure, doesn't have a run game, kind of like Kenny Pickett, wouldn't you want plays that are geared towards somebody who's six, seven? <laughs> I don't see how there's a lot of margin for error yeah. throwing to a guy like that. Um, but somehow we sit two and one, and I couldn't be more happier. But um, this Texans team, look, we're, we're coming up against the quarterback who doesn't like to turn the ball over. Turnovers have been the Steelers' wins this season. Yeah. Uh, the 49ers didn't turn the ball over. We lose by like a billion points. Um, so it, it, this one's, this one's going to have to be a good game, and the Steelers are going to have to figure things out offensively to beat these guys. Yep. I, I'm I'm thinking ooh, Texans 27, Steelers 17. I just don't trust this offense. Um, I'm going to go Steelers 21, Texans 17. All right, I can tell there's some disbelief in your voice. <laughs> no, I'm just betting on the defense. <laughs> All right, well, uh, our final game that we'll get into, and then we'll talk about the whole slate itself, Seahawks-Giants. Uh, at the time of me writing the prep sheet, the line was even. The Giants are now a one-point favorite <laughs> over under 47, moved to 47.5 now. So we're looking at Giants minus one, and a 47.5-point spread. I think for both of these teams, there's just things to be desired from both ends. For the Giants, it's can you have an end-to-end -end first quarter through the fourth quarter good performance. <laughs> they have had, yeah. They've played one good half of football this season. 
They played two horrible halves against the Cowboys. They played a bad first half against the Cardinals and a great first half or a great second half against them to get that win. They played two horrible halves against the 49ers last week. And now we sit here going into the fourth week and Saquon is likely still going to be out. He's questionable at the moment. He did a limited practice today. They play on Monday, so maybe he'll be ready. I don't think he will. So, can Daniel Jones come out here against the defense has given up a lot of points? I was just and about to say. Just do his thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, boy, this one's going to be interesting. It Grayson. is. Um, and it's a standalone Monday night. I think with just how many points the Seahawks have given up, it really is going to come down to Daniel Jones. I, yeah. I think he is the biggest factor in this game, especially if Saquon's not there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Because... But the running game just doesn't quite work with Matt Breida. And Daniel Jones has a bunch of weapons. Can he use them? I haven't seen it. Other than that second half against the Cardinals, he has not used his weapons at all. Like Jalen, like I know Daniel Jones can throw deep down the field. We've seen him do it before. Use Jalen Hyatt a little bit more. Use Paris Campbell in the slot. Like, get creative. Don't just stand in the pocket and wait for something to open up. Have an idea of what you want to do, especially against the Seahawks defense, who has a, a, a questionable to play Jamal Adams, a questionable to play um, Tariq Wollin, a, a questionable to play Kobe Bryant. So you're missing two corners in this game. Are they, are they going to do anything? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> Darren Waller, too. Uh, another weapon that they yeah. haven't really been using that much. Um, oh, man, I, I don't know. I really, I just really thought that this Giants team was going to be a lot better. They, yeah. they look worse than they did last year, and they only got better. Yeah. Um, uh, I really don't know what what the disconnect is from you know, season over season, but right now they just don't have it. And I mean, I, really, Grayson, the only thing I can chalk it up to is Daniel Jones just doesn't look, he doesn't look as sharp. No, he, um, he doesn't. All. And the offensive line certainly isn't helping him out. But it definitely seems no. like he has a, a lot less like willingness to run. He ran a lot last year. And he, he looked good when he did. This season, he's just not run the ball. I, I think the paycheck has to do with it. $40 million really? a year. Is going to make you be like, well, I kind of got my money. I don't need to put my body on the line anymore. <laughs> is that what happened? Is that what's happening with Burrow? Maybe. Maybe. But Burrow didn't run in the first place. But when it comes to the Seahawks, though, I, the thing I desire from them is just a great defensive performance. They've given up 88 points in these three games. This is a defense that should be way better. They have a great secondary, though. Like I said, it's a little bit beat up. They have a pretty solid defensive line and some great linebackers. You know why can't they stop from giving up points? It's it's bizarre and a really young, talented secondary there with uh, Devin yeah. Weatherspoon and Tariq Woolen. Uh, you got Bobby Wagner back. Too. It's um it's totally bizarre why they can't you know get it going. And they even last week gave up twenty seven to a Carolina team who, granted, started Andy Dalton and their pass game just erupted. <laughs> Andy out of Dalton nowhere. threw that, like fifty four passes, I think. 58. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam Thielen had his best game since like 2017. It just like, just lit them up. Yeah. Um, 
don't know. I, I'm, you know, I think if, like you said, if the Seahawks can put um, a really good defensive performance in, it's going to be similar to like when the 49ers played them. And it's just yeah. the, the Giants will have nothing all game. Um, I, I just, I really want to see more Jackson Smith and Jigba, man. I, do I was really hoping to him and Quentin Johnston. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, they, they look absolutely fine with DK. Kenneth Walker had a 59 yards last week receiving. Um, and this, this Seahawks offense has it all. Definitely. Charbonnet is getting more carries. He looks good too. And, and it's not like they're not putting up points. They're just giving up way too many. Like yeah. you look at the games they've played and it's like, okay, so you played the season opener. You only, you only scored 13, but this Rams team caught them entirely off guard. But then you go to OT with the Lions and win 37-31. And then you play a, a horrible Panthers team that's missing their starting quarterback. And you win 37-27. Like, th- it just doesn't make sense for this team. No, not at all. Um, oh, man. Score prediction... <laughs> It's hard not to say that the Seahawks won't put up like at least 30. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm going to go um, 31-24. Um, the Seahawks are going to win because Danny Dimes is playing like Danny Nichols. Fair enough. I think um, with how Daniel Jones's year has started so far, he goes bad, good, bad. I would assume he goes back to good this week, and they win it 34 Yeah, 34 28. They're taking the Giants. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's talk about the other games this weekend. Um, Tonight, as we're recording, we have Lions-Packers. This one, hard to read for sure. The the Lions are a two-point favorite on the road in Lambeau, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's – you and I you know, know it best. That is this Lions team this year. Yeah. I mean, seriously. They just, they look good enough. The defense came alive against the Falcons last week. Um, But Packers are going to have back Christian Watson and Aaron Jones. That's that's confirmed. I don't know how limited they're going to be because coming off of a short week and and just now getting back from that injury, I don't know how much they're really going to be a factor in this game. But they both said they're going to play. I think that changes this up a little bit. But for me, like, the Lions are just still very good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I'm going to go Lions 24, Packers 21. Okay, I'm going to go – I'm going to stick with my boy, Jordan Love. Uh, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Packers 21, Lions 17. I don't know. Dude, I know I, David Montgomery is coming back too, yeah. I think. Yeah, but the Packers, like, how lucky are they to have Jordan Love? Just right as Rodgers leaves, you have Jordan Love. Like, that that quarterback class is ridiculous now. Now that Jordan Love is starting and and looks pretty good, you had the first round was Burrow, Tua, Herbert, and Love. And then in the second round, you had Jalen Hurts. That's all the quarterbacks that went in the first three rounds. That's it. The next quarterback off the board was in the fourth round, and it was Jacob Eason. 
Jacob Eason went in the fourth round. Yeah, to the Colts. Boy. Yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, even like if you want to think of it just as in Packers history too, he went from Favre, Rogers, who was his backup, and then yep. Jordan Love. And that that's the way to do it. You know, some teams go twenty years without having a starting quarterback. Yeah. Ask the Browns. Ask the Browns. Ask <laughs> the Steelers. The Colts. I mean, the Steelers, it was, you could say, 30 years. Yeah. And we had guys like Cordell Stewart, you know, Slash was okay. <laughs> yeah. Out of Colorado uh, State, the, I think. Uh, oh, my God. Who was the guy who um, <clears throat> who was the guy who used to play the quarterback for the Cowboys, and he went to the Steelers, and then he lost in the Super Bowl to the Cowboys? Was it O'Donnell? I don't know. I don't know. He was throwing the Cowboys all game, but it was a 90s guy. Gotcha. Yeah. That that quarterback class is ridiculous, though. But over in London, where we like to talk about soccer, typically uh, the Falcons play the Jags at Wembley Stadium. Um, The Jags are a three-point favorite, though they're one and two going into this. It's honestly their home field, the Jags. (laughs) I was about to say, haven't they played there more than anybody else? Yeah, but... Kyle Pitts comes alive in London, let me tell you. So, I don't know. I don't know. We're looking (laughs) at something here. But with how bad the Jags looked last week, I feel like the Falcons should just expose them. But they probably won't. This passing game just (laughs) fucking sucks. Oh, boy. Um, I hate it for you guys. And it's kind of like I'm just – I want to go to the – Atlanta's receiving stats here. So Kyle Pitts actually five receptions, forty-one yards against Detroit last yeah. game. That's one of his better games he's had. And that's not um, good. It's not even good. Do we need to pump the brakes on Kyle Pitts? I don't think we need to pump the brakes on Kyle Pitts. I need. I think we need to start Taylor Heineke. Taylor really Heineke is not afraid to throw the ball downfield, and Kyle Pitts loves a post route. Yeah. <laughs> so that's true. I feel like that just needs to happen. It, it, I I think I said it on Wednesday with Colin. Like, if we lose two of the next three games, which are Jaguars, uh, Texans, Commanders, yep. gotta sit Ritter. At least let me see what Heineke can do. If I it, like Heineke. If it doesn't work, we should trade for like fucking Josh Dobbs. I don't know. Yeah, but we I mean, have the team to win. Desmond Ritter just is not the quarterback. Yeah. Even Drake London, I feel like, is a lot better than what people think, too. Yeah, he's because he's talented. had bad quarterbacks two years in a row. Yep. Like, if you had, if this guy had a quarterback, it would be over. Like, Drake London would actually be, like, one of the best young wide receivers right now. Because last year... He was very good, especially to start the season. He kind of declined towards the end, which kind of matched the decline of Mariota and then Ritter coming in at the end, and that's when Drake London played his worst games for the most part. And so if he just had a a strong, confident quarterback that could allow him to do more than just run a a 10-yard curl route over and over and over and over again, he would be so much better. He would be a reception machine. You think he'd be better than Garrett Wilson? No. Garrett Wilson's just like Garrett Wilson's much closer to like um like a Justin Jefferson type, like make physical catches, like 
things like that. Drake London, much more of like a create space kind of guy, closer maybe to like a Michael Thomas. Yeah. uh, I'm right there with you because I think – I can't remember if we brought it up before week one or after week one, but like look at, you know, how good Kyle Pitts looked with a Matt Ryan that everybody said was bad. Exactly. All he needs is a you know confident quarterback who, like you said, can just launch the ball. Yeah, I mean that's he's the type of receiver that you know if he's not open, you still might want to throw it to him. And I saw that a lot with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan would throw it to Kyle Pitts when he was blanketed. Yeah, that that's exactly the kind of targets he deserves and needs. But I think Desmond Ritter is scared of throwing an interception because he's so aware that this is not his job. <laughs> yeah, like he's hyper aware of the fact that he probably won't be the starting quarterback next season, let alone in three weeks. Good for Zach Wilson. I'm good. <laughs> we could trade for like Tannehill. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. I would take Zach Wilson over. I'm both taking of Josh them. Dobbs over both of them. Josh Dobbs. Dude, literally we could trade. Okay. So I, I, saw, I heard this on a podcast the other day, I want I want to get your take on it. So we okay. get Josh Dobbs from the Cardinals for nothing. <laughs> it, but in in return, the Cardinals lose the rest of their games and they get Caleb Williams because Josh Dobbs is playing too well for them to lose all their games. Smart. So so we get Josh Dobbs, they get Caleb Williams. Yeah, works, but I mean. Works. For the Falcons, though, what what's their what's past Josh Dobbs? He's not the best you could have. I mean, oh, do you well, still... you either you either win some games, uh, and get, I don't know, like Quinn Ewers late in the first round, or you lose a lot and you get Michael Penix in the top five. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, the first round pick next year, unless we trade for like fucking. Josh Allen is going to have to be a quarterback. Yeah. So, and I don't think Josh Allen's on the trade block. So I don't think that one's going to happen. And we better not fucking trade for Justin Fields. People keep saying this shit like it should happen. I hate it. I hate it so much. I don't want him. I would, even if that was a Wednesday episode, I would have to climb on the podcast to hear your take. I would have to climb off. I'd let you guys have free reign because I would... Genuine, I'd turn my camera on, you'd see my feet. Yeah, that's how Why that would go because I'd be dangling from the ceiling. Oh my god, <laughs> I would hate I thought, it. I would genuinely I you, hate it if we traded for Justin Fields. That would be horrible. Yeah, if you need help, uh, call the suicide hotline. Yes, all right. Uh, next game, I don't even I don't care how it goes. Uh, Broncos Bears. Shit, shit show. Just wow. This is this is a movable object uh, facing a stoppable force. <laughs> um. Wow. One of these teams is going to have a win. Or yeah. Not. Yeah. They, they might. Tie. They might tie. It might be zero zero. Um. <laughs> but I, I know I just gave that whole spiel about picking. You know the Dolphins because they scored seventy. I don't think I can pick the Bears in this game, even though Denver let up seventy. Yeah. I really don't. I, I think it comes down to a Russell Wilson who, I'll give it to him, has looked better this year. Yes. 
versus a Justin Fields who um <laughs> I don't even has a lot of hype around him. He's not good at all. Not right now. He did. <laughs> not right now. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go Denver like twenty four to ten. I'm gonna go a much worse looking <laughs> scoreline. Um I'm gonna go Denver seventeen thirteen. Um. All right. Next game: Bengals Titans. I think the Bengals just take this. They looked significantly improved on Monday Night Football, facing a pretty good Rams team. And the Titans fucking suck. Uh, I think significantly <clears throat> improved is kind of flattering to them. Well, they're <clears throat> excuse Mar me. Chase looked great. I think overall, they're realizing what they needed to have done in the first two games better. Defensively, yes. Joe Burrow, no. Yeah, Joe Burrow still doesn't look good. Um, I I don't know. Uh, you know, the Cincinnati did improve. I just I don't know if it's going to be enough. If I mean, if Derrick Henry, you know, has a game behind him, and the Bengals win, that's how they've been playing. Uh, but again, that's that's really the only thing I could say for the Titans. Is that if Derrick Henry yeah. gets going? Which so, I don't think he's gotten going in any of their games so far. I mean, he, he was okay week one, but you can definitely tell the decline is uh, starting with him. Um, yeah. Especially in that Browns game. Damn. Dude, like his best terrible. game has been 80 yards, one touchdown <laughs> against the Chargers. Then got shit on by the Browns. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that looking good. Especially, you know, defensively, Trey, Trey Hendrickson looked amazing oh, against yeah. a Rams offensive line that's probably much better than the Titans offensive line. Yeah. Um, I think the Rams yeah, I, have I, it easy. <clears throat> yeah, no, you're right. Um, I guess I'm going to go Bengals 20 to 14. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go <laughs> Bengals 24, 14. And then uh, Rams Colts. Rams are somehow one and two, which is crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the Colts well, are two and one. I know, and they didn't even have Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and I I think he'll be back this week. I think, um, which is maybe good because Gardner looked like decent. But I'd yeah. I'd probably, I don't know the the Rams. Or a weird case because there, there's nobody to look at on the defense other than Aaron Donald. But somehow it's good. Yeah, right. Um, are they supposed to have Cooper Cup this week? Uh, no, I think he comes back the week after. I could be wrong though. Let me let me take a look. Yeah, I wanna I wanna check that real fast. Uh, it's looking like he's still in the IR. Still in the IR? Yeah. Apparently Puka is questionable. That's not good. He's like yeah. the best wide receiver of all time. Except um, he can't score touchdowns. That's the only hole in his game. No, he'll just <laughs> he'll receive for like three football fields though. Against the Bengals, he literally caught a ball where he so should have gotten the touchdown and <laughs> just happened to have had to like fall at the two yard line to catch it. He's wide ass open. Following the script. Yeah, I guess. Um <laughs> um, you no, 
know, if the Rams offense looks anything like it did against the Bengals, they're not going to be able to beat the Colts, Gardner Minshew, or Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, that That's kind of where I sit. Uh, then again, you know, we've seen games where Stafford, even at his age, can throw 40 to 50 passes and still put up 30 points in, you know, the NFL. So, really, this is a hard game to predict because I think it all falls on what Rams team we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to see a pretty good Rams team in this one. Um, the Colts' defense doesn't scare me all that much. You know, DeForest Buckner's great. Uh, Shaq Leonard's great. But I think in the secondary, there's a lot to be desired in facing Matthew Stafford and these great wide receivers that we've seen, and Tyler Higby as well. Like, this Rams offense, when it comes to passing, is going to – just dominate. So I'm going to take it. I think they both put up points, whether it's Richardson or Minshew. So I'm yeah. going to go. I'm going to go Rams 28, Colts 24. I think I'm going to pick opposite. Um, I have a Zach Moss who last um, last game yeah. rushed the ball 30 times for like 122 yards, and I'm I'm going to bet that the underdog is going to take it. I'm going to take the Colts 21. Actually, let me bump it up. 28 to 24 Colts because Zach Moss will keep that offense off the field. Yeah. Funny enough, there is no underdog. Lines even for this matchup, which is crazy. I don't know. The Colts feel like an underdog. (laughs) Yeah, they do feel like an underdog, even though they have a better record and they're playing at home. What a funky-ass season, dude. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Speaking of a funky ass season, the two and one Buccaneers. Were, were you being a smart ass or were you actually agreeing with me right there? No, it, it has been. Okay. I, yeah. I, which was, it was fine if you were just joking with me. I just I honestly couldn't tell. <laughs> no, speaking of a funky season, the Buccaneers at two and one face the Saints at two and one in New Orleans. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, a three point favorite, but they're not looking to score, according to Vegas, a 39 and a half point over under. Really? Even with yeah. AK coming back? Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, I, I'm just very curious to see how a healthy Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and Derek Carr can play. Well, there isn't a healthy Derek Carr. That's right. He did get slammed on his shoulder. Yeah. That's um, right. I don't know if anything actually came out yeah. about his injury. I haven't bothered to look because I hate the Saints. Um, looks like he's just questionable. Didn't practice Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, they have Jameis still as well. Yeah. Um, but you and I have uh, gotten on our knees for the Buccaneers defense all season long. Um, and nothing has really changed with them. They, I want to say, I want to go back and look at the score here. Cause I honestly can't remember how they looked against the they Eagles. They played well. Yeah. I mean, it, it would help if your offense scored, you know, more than 11 points and it wasn't pouring rain. But um, yeah. this is a tough game to call, too. We got a good week. Yeah, this Pretty is a week. lot of close matchups. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know how I feel because that Bucks defense still looked very good. Considering they're playing the Eagles, that's a very good matchup. And, like, let's be honest, the tush push kind of won the Eagles that game. It got them a touchdown and all that. Um, but I don't really know who to take here. You know, the Buccaneers have the great defense. The Saints possibly have the good offense. If Derek Carr's in, obviously Jameis can also lead an offense, but he'll also throw three picks. So, 
It's also um, it's a Jameis Winston revenge game. Right. It is. Yeah. Um uh, I don't know. I, I think the Buccaneers have a lot less moving pieces. They kind of already have their team figured out. Um, I, I think I'm going to take Tampa 24-17 over New Orleans without Derek Carr. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Tampa. Like, uh, damn, this is a hard one to call. Uh, I'm going to. Really, yeah, is. I'm going to agree with you. 24-17 Tampa. And then uh, Commanders Eagles. Well, NFC Beast game. Yeah. I, I'm just kind of worried. I, I was really, really liking how the Commanders were looking this year. Did the Bills expose them? I think like, so. are they just going to yeah, be kind of silly? Yeah. Or I think I, Sam I, Howell I was... is. <coughs> Possibly. Huh. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, need to see more Brian Robinson than yes. last game. Uh, they, I mean, I guess, you know, they were down 16 to nothing at halftime. So, yeah. I mean, you can't really run the ball anymore. Um, try not to let that happen. I, I mean, it, one thing that we haven't seen, Grayson, is we haven't seen a commander's team lose close. So, what if, you know, who knows what happens when they keep the game close? True. It is against the Philly team that's 3-0, and they can, yeah. they just find wins. Yeah, if DeAndre but, Swift keeps <laughs> running the ball like this, they're fucked. Everybody's fucked. Will the tush push work against this defensive line? I think it works against anybody. So should it be taken out of the NFL? <laughs> uh, no, maybe. I don't I know. Think so, I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about it at all. I'll know how I feel about it when they do it to the Falcons in the playoffs or something, and I, it pisses <laughs> me off. Then I'll have a definitive uh, idea. Playoffs <laughs> and Falcons? Yeah, man. When we win the NFC South and somehow sneak in. <laughs> I don't know. I The Tush Bush, they just have the perfect personnel. If you want to yeah. stop it, beef up your defensive line. You could technically build the perfect defensive line to stop it if you wanted to. That's fair. But is there but, is there a perfect defensive line to stop <laughs> it? Because there isn't. You have, you have a full offensive line, a great offensive line for Philly. With some giant human beings. And then you have Jalen Hurts, who's a who's skilled with his feet, and he's like a pretty tall, like lanky quarterback. That's and then you have two down. running backs pushing him. Yeah. It, it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to <laughs> stop it no matter who's on the other side of the ball. I think the 49ers could stop it? I don't think a so. Warner, middle linebacker, they got a good D-line. I don't think so. Maybe it should be taken out of the game. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe anyway, everybody else needs to get better at it. Exactly. Um, I mean, Philly just has a more sure team. I, yeah. I don't know about the commanders yet. Um, you think they're frauds. I'm kind of 50-50 after last week. So I'm going to take Philly, realistically, 28-17. Okay. Then again, I didn't even think about this. The Commanders did end their undefeated season last year. Maybe they do it early this time. Oh, yeah. No, they're not going to. Eagles, 35. Commanders, 14. Yeah. I see this as a blowout. Sam Howell's just... That one performance kind of tells the story. Guys don't just throw four picks. (laughs) Good quarterbacks (laughs) don't throw four picks. Yeah, that is true. 
All right, Vikings-Panthers, another 0-3 matchup. Well, the Vikings so obviously have to win this game. Adam Thielen revenge game. Yeah. <laughs> then the Panthers need to keep losing so they can trade their first overall pick um, and get a wide receiver out of it. And maybe offensive line. I I don't know. Are you are you pumping the brakes on Jonathan Mingo and I'm pumping the brakes on this team winning games. Because that offensive line is fucking brutal. I think the biggest fraud on the team is Miles Sanders. Oh, everybody thought he was like, I so didn't, sick. Don't say everybody, because the guy right here <laughs> said that he was not gonna be good. Yeah. I mean I feel like he was hyped up a little bit too much, yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? But um I, I just don't see I don't see how the Vikings lose. I, I, I don't really either. don't. But then again, the Vikings have been known to be that team, you know, that if it's not working out offensively, sometimes they, you know, get they're kinda like the Cowboys. The problem honestly. is that it they, is they working out. It is working out offensively. <clears throat> that that is true. It's just is this the game where it doesn't? I don't think so. not against this team. I don't think so either. Um they have MVP quarterback. MVP wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to go 38 to like, oh, man, maybe 21. A- Andy Dalton was able to okay. move the ball a fuck ton, um, yeah. but they're going to get slaughtered. I think it's going to be a little closer. Okay. I-, I still think the turnovers are an issue for the Vikings, no matter who they're playing. Um, So I'm going to go – I'm going to go – 28-21 Vikings. Okay. No field goals. Um, all right. Raiders Chargers. A little devil reaction here. Yeah. Um, um I just I'd feel like it has to be the Chargers. The Raiders just look so bad. Um <clears throat> I mean maybe they'll maybe they could look better with a Josh Jacobs, who looks like Josh Jacobs on top of Devontae Adams. I mean, shit, dude, last week against the Steelers, Devontae Adams was like Waffle House. Fucking oh, yeah. businesses before COVID. I mean, he was 24-7 always open against the Steelers. Um, I, I think probably the Chargers have a worse secondary in Pittsburgh, I think is safe to say. Yeah. Um, I think I, Oakland – or Oakland. I think Vegas keeps it close. Um, but the Chargers are still going to win. I'm going to go 28-21. Okay. I just think these the <laughs> offense for the Chargers is so high-powered, man. Oh, yeah. Like, time. Justin Herbert just came off of, like, a 40 for 47 for 400-something yards. Like, they look for real, even without Eckler. Eckler, I think, is limited at practice, too. He's yeah. finally starting to practice again. So, I'm, I'm – I'm seeing domination here for the Chargers. They, you know, they finally got got rid of that 0 and 2. They got the win out of their system. So, um, yeah, let's 31, 10. Damn. Yeah, I think the Raiders you got a lot are of blowouts this week. I do. With as many games, and I'm probably wrong on a lot of them. <laughs> I'll I'll admit yeah. that. <laughs> but I just I don't like the fact that there's a, not a lot of big lines. Like there's not a lot of big spreads this week. 
And so I'm making up for that by guessing there will be. Uh, but next game in the 4 o'clock slate, Patriots-Cowboys. Um, oh, man, I don't know. I don't That's either. a pretty good game, too. Because the Cowboys got shit on last week somehow by the Cardinals. Uh, not a very good football team. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, but I mean, if it if it comes back together for Dallas, though, the Patriots are in trouble. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, the Patriots' defense looks good, though. It does. It do, it does look good. Um, but so does the Cowboys' defense, and not last the week's offense, not so much. Yeah, not last week though. And that was their first week without Trayvon Diggs, <clears throat> so maybe that's a telling one. A lot of a lot of unpredictable games this week. I don't like it. Yeah, me neither. Too, too fishy. Um, you know, I'm going New England. Okay, I, I'm going to go New England. I think it'll be like a like a. Oh man, I, I'm going to predict the Cowboys have another bad game offensively. I think defensively they'll look better, but their offense will not be good enough. I'm going to go like 21-17. Okay, so you're you're believing in Mac Jones. Yes. Fair enough. I'm gonna, the coaching of Bill Belichick. Yeah. I'm gonna go twenty-four. I'm gonna go twenty-four twenty Cowboys. I I, I just don't like trust it. the Patriots offense to put up enough points to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean Juju is literally a tight end now. He's literally dog shit. Yeah. I uh, got all right, biggest spread of the week. Cardinals 49ers. 49ers, a 14-point favorite. You don't see that a lot in the NFL. No. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking points. It is. Um, I, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I do, man. I, 49ers are scary, dude. So what's your score? I'm thinking like a, a cool 35-7. Like a real blowout. I'm gonna go twenty-eight to three, 49ers. Whoa. <laughs> no touchdowns for Josh Dobbs. No touchdown. Well, actually, I'll give him 20, 28 to ten. Because they okay. have James Conner. James yeah. Connor's looked really yeah, good he's this season. Good. All right. Sunday night football <laughs> because they can't change the schedules. Chiefs Jets. <laughs> Chiefs are schedule. just so oh, yeah, gonna, they're going to beat the shit out of Zach Wilson. Chris Jones is about to have like four sacks. They're going to sign Colin Kaepernick after this game. <laughs> they might. Um, he just wants to be on the practice squad. Yeah, true. He said he wants um, to lead the practice squad and that his versatility will make their defense more prepared for the versatile quarterbacks of today's game. I yeah, read the whole. I, I, think- I read the whole press release. Or letter or whatever the fuck it was. It was ridiculous. Hey, I would take Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> um but instead I think I'm gonna have to take Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I am too. Um Chiefs twenty eight, Jets fourteen. Love it. I'm taking that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then uh we already talked about Monday night football. So um that's the NFL week. Anything you're looking forward to this week? Um, honestly, I'm just kind of waiting to see if Adam Thielen can do it again. He he has looked really good this season. Um, All right. He hasn't really looked effective in a long time. So yeah. I'm I'm ready. All right. Well, I hope you're ready for the MLB because the season is quickly 
wrapping up and um yeah it, it's just it's it's almost there so because it's almost postseason time it's essentially here no winners and losers just the news Ooh. as it comes that's just how it's gonna news. go uh so we're starting here Horrible news. Uh, We got the news that former Boston Red Sox pitcher Tim Wakefield was sadly diagnosed with brain cancer. But this news coming out has caused a bit of a stir because Kurt Schilling is the one that released this news. Uh, Notable piece of shit, Kurt Schilling, uh, who was on, I think, his podcast, somebody else's podcast, um, and said himself that he did not think that the Wakefield family wanted this to be public and still kept it in the episode and it got posted. So that's the worst, the first part. Then we get the tweet uh, just a couple hours ago from Catherine Veritek, the wife of longtime Red Sox catcher Jason Veritek, stating, fuck you, Kurt Schilling, that wasn't your place. So once again, pretty obvious. He probably shouldn't have said this. Then... You know, after that, making it very obvious, the Red Sox issued a statement in which they expressed that they did have the permission of Tim and Stacy Wakefield to speak on the diagnosis. And the statement read, uh, we're aware of the statements and inquiries about the health of Tim and Stacy Wakefield. Unfortunately, this information has been pub- or shared publicly without their permission. Their health is a deeply personal matter they intended to keep private as they navigate treatment and work to tackle this disease. And then there's a little more to it, just stating that the family appreciates the condolences, but asks for privacy. So for now, I just hope that everything goes well um, for Tim, the whole family, Stacy, everything, uh, because he is like one of the first pitchers that I remember from my childhood because of the yeah. knuckleball. He's literally synonymous with the knuckleball. R.A. Dickey or Tim Wakefield? I'm I'm a Tim Wakefield guy. I think R.A. Dickey ruined that when he pitched poorly for the Braves. Um, yeah, I actually, I, that's first time I'm hearing this news. I can't, I can't believe Kurt Schilling though. Yeah. That's, that's so fucked. He's, he's not yeah. a stranger to saying shit on the internet that he shouldn't say. This is way more fucked up than anything he's said before. Oh yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I that makes me speechless. I can't believe that. Fuck yeah. Kurt Schilling. Yeah. That's fuck horrible. Kurt Schilling. I agree with you, Catherine Veritek. Yes. Um, but in better news, Ronald Acuna is in a club of his own, the 4070 Club. It's exclusive. Nobody's allowed in uh, at all except Ronald Acuna. His 70th steal also put him over the Rockies' season total for stolen bases. If you wanted to know how many 70 stolen bases is, that's a good perspective. Uh, this season is undoubtedly going to be remembered in the halls of Cooperstown. Um after he pulled the base out of the ground, that's going straight to Cooperstown for sure. Um, I'm sure his cleats will go to Cooperstown. His bat, everything will be uh, forever held there. But the Cubs fucking announcers were complaining about the game being paused when he got the 70th stolen base. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, you fucking Even in idiots. Atlanta. Yeah. Even in Atlanta. that. How would there not be a ceremony yeah, for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you you think he was going to pull the base out of the ground and they were just going to start playing again? Yeah, exactly. Are you exactly. out of your fucking? You just you just genuinely witnessed history. Dude, like if it, Anthony Rizzo, if Anthony Rizzo had a forty seventy season, they would just 
Yeah. Oh my god. That, that would that would be the Cubs. They would be like they would be freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I didn't know that. No, it's um, fucking ridiculous. I saw the clip though. That it kind of gave me chills. That that oh, was yeah. just so cool. Like, cause you so like how MLB is filmed on broadcast, you're obviously behind the pitcher. As soon as his windup starts, the crowd is already freaking out because he's yeah. taking off. He gets it. And he, you know, he's ripping the bag up and he holds it up in the air and the Braves crowd's just freaking out. Like yeah. what a moment for him. I, I seriously fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and shout out Jan Gomes, the catcher for the Cubs for just easily giving Ronald his 69th stolen base, which is in the same game. That was one of the worst throwdowns I've ever seen. It was like if he was, if Dansby Swanson was proper, like was standing where like a shortstop should be, it would have hit him in the face. Yeah. That throw was fucking brutal. So shout out Jan Gomes. Um, just a little more because I never really talked about this, but he obviously is part of the 4040 club as well. Uh, he's the fifth member of the 4040 club. Unfortunately, no other 4040 club member has been inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is kind of crazy. Wow. So um, advice for Ronald Acuna, uh, don't. Do steroids and don't play like shit for the rest of your career. <clears throat> Alfonso Soriano. <clears throat> Sorry. Um <laughs> He was yeah. god awful like two years after his forty forty. Um yeah, look, Acuna can make the Hall of Fame, undoubtedly, and uh this accolade certainly helps his case. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, what a moment. Yeah. I loved it. And congrats on winning MVP. <laughs> That's okay. Garrett Cole's Cy Young. Yeah, definitely. He, wow. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Those stats are ridiculous. The NL Cy Young, a little different. I think Blake Snell's got it, but, you know. I'd like to see Justin Steele. I, I don't know if he's still in the he's question, not. but, yeah. yeah he, I know he was at one point, though. Yeah, I think the main guys uh, still kind of in the conversation were Snell, <laughs> Strider, I know Gallon was still up there. Maybe Justin Steele might have been. He might have been I think up there. He, I want to say he was, but yeah. But I, I think the main ones were Steele or not Steele, um, Snell and Strider. Uh, nonetheless, yeah. let's move on. Uh, Hector Neris or Neris, uh, relief pitcher for the Astros, uh, said a couple of words to Julio Rodriguez, which yeah. led to the benches clearing in Seattle, and it was rumored at first that these were homophobic slurs that he said in Spanish. And then Eugenio Suarez, after the game, who was in the on-deck circle, confirmed that is exactly what he did. So, fuck you, Hector Norris. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, um, I did see that clip, and I just thought it was nuts that, like, he struck him out and, like, walked towards him. Yeah. Okay, talking shit. Um, I, Which I don't is know. I don't really... crazy. You don't see a lot of pitchers like you'll see them, you know, get hyped up, but like walk towards the guy and, yeah. you know, yell at him. That's kind of that's that was ridiculous. Yeah. Like I've seen guys talk shit, but you typically talk shit from the mound. You don't walk <laughs> up to the guy. You just got out. That's exactly. just you're Unless just you're like, asking for to get punched in the face. Maybe Madison Bumgarner would pull some shit like Madison that. Bumgarner probably fucking cried <laughs> instead of walking towards them yelling. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um yeah it's oh, just man. ridiculous that he did that um 
Next thing, the th- in the thirtieth year of their existence, the Colorado Rockies have officially recorded their first hundred loss season. Oh man! Yeah, they suck. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. That's, Chris Bryant. Yeah, that's like one of the few teams where, like, I probably I can't name more than four or five players on that team right now. <laughs> that's probably the yeah. only team that I couldn't like. Chris Bryant, Charlie Blackman. Herman Marquez and Elias Diaz. All right, cool. I did it. Nice. <laughs> Good enough for me. Um, George Kirby got hit by a ball thrown back by a fan. It was a foul <laughs> ball, too. So the guy had to Damn. throw it back over the netting. Uh, wow. I believe it was like a teenager in the crowd. The report said a kid. I don't think it was like a little kid. I think it was a teenager. Um but what makes it funnier is that he was a Seattle fan because he was wearing a Mariners City Connect jersey while throwing at their starting pitcher. Ow. And then he was ejected from the game. The kid, Aww. not George Kirby. Um, <laughs> but Kirby's reaction was funny because it, like, bounced and just, like, barely skimmed, like, his jersey. Probably, like, barely got him in the stomach. And he was just yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was great. <coughs> Damn. Um. Braves play-by-play announcer Brandon Godden had another fantastic moment in his first season as the Braves announcer. Um, this one, due to a peculiar pitching change. Um, here's the quote. So the Braves go from Johnson to hand, and the batter will be Mastroboni. Uh, it's probably a good thing Jeff Francoeur is in the other booth. Uh, if you don't get it at home, uh, Johnson <laughs> means dick. Hand is self-explanatory, and masturbony sounds like masturbate. It's perfect. Yeah, it's crazy. Pierce Johnson, and then Brad Hand, and masturbony coming up. And then him bringing up Jeffrey Coors' absence is obviously referencing how Jeffrey Coors has the humor of a teenager in the booth. It's (laughs) fucking hilarious. And, like, he'll just start, like, every single game for the last two, three years, it has just been a fight between him and the play-by-play announcer, either Chip Carey or this year Brandon Gauden. Um, whenever the pitch count gets to 69 for a pitcher, they have to point it out. <laughs> and Brandon Gauden, every time Jeffrey Corey gets it, Brandon Gauden says nice. Every time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's hilarious. Are, is that one of the guys that um... – um, it's that infamous clip where like they're both laughing and no one's saying anything on the broadcast for like a long time. Probably. And then one of them finally speaks up and he's like, and Vargas takes strike three and they just lose it. They just start laughing. Probably. Oh my God. I, I, I forget what the clip was, but that one's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, next thing though, Adam Wainwright has officially thrown the final pitches of his career is over. Um, that was confirmed by the Cardinals manager and, um, just said that that 200th win took everything he had. Yeah, I bet it did. Crazy Old to man. say. <laughs> that is a wild thing to say about a player. Yeah. Uh, Terry Francona made his final appearance at Progressive Field as the Guardians manager. Um, he will retire at the conclusion of the season, which just kind of sucks. We already kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I hate to see him go. Hopefully he yeah. stays, you know, kind of involved. And then uh, with their 82nd win, the Marlins have secured their first full season with a winning percentage over 500 since 2009. 
which is fantastic for the Marlins, who have been so bad for so long. Just to, to so. yeah, to stay over five hundred for the entire season is wild. So even like um the team with like Giancarlo Carlos Stanton, Jose Fernandez, and D Gordon, like that team didn't Nope. Wow. I don't even know if they made the playoffs. It's crazy. They they had a bad rotation outside of Jose Fernandez. And gotcha. very bad relief pitching. Yeah. Um all right, last thing, though. Uh, the Phillies didn't let a man enter Citizens Bank Park with his service animal the other day. Uh, why, you may ask? Uh, because his quote-unquote service animal was an alligator. An alligator. Wow. He tried to bring in a fucking alligator into the Phillies game. <laughs> How the fuck did they even get an alligator in Philadelphia? Like, I've seen Florida <laughs> makes sense. Louisiana makes sense. Philadelphia, you have a fucking alligator and you're calling it a service animal and trying to get it into a baseball game. What what an individual. Yeah, I would assume this guy was on absurd drugs. And probably rich as hell. You know how much money it probably costs to buy and ship an alligator. I don't know about rich. I have a feeling he falls under um, a significantly lower tax bracket. <laughs> but, but where would he get an alligator then? Just drive to Florida and drive back. That's sketchy, though. No shit. He has an alligator. <laughs> That's sketchy. Like <laughs> they should have let him in. They they should have let him in. Man, oh, they the definitely should have. He, he would have like eaten a child or something. <laughs> the guy, not the alligator. Oh um, my god! <laughs> all that all that bath salt he's on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, dude. Uh, all right. That's all my news. What do you got? Um, do you see Rowdy Telez's strikeout? I didn't. No. Uh, he uh he came in the game, uh threw a strikeout, and uh, he was uh, quoted after the game. Hey man, paycheck just went up a couple pesos, buddy. I'm dead serious. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that so, Rowdy Telez just jokes with reporters all the time because he also said, I think it was on a podcast, so, um, somebody had asked him, like, you know, how's Josh Donaldson been with the team? And him and Josh Donaldson played together uh, in Toronto, I believe. Um, And he was like, yeah, he just came in and said nothing. And I was like, hey, aren't you going to introduce yourself to the team? And Josh said, uh, they all know who I am, which was a complete joke. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I love Rowdy Tellez. He's hilarious. Um, I just kind of want to run through the Braves lineup here. Um, Have at it. I love doing this. So this is like <laughs> a, a top eleven home runs list. Um, I'm gonna start at eleven. Evan Pilar has a nine. Yeah. Travis Starnode has eleven. Lando Arcia has seventeen. Michael Harris with eighteen. Eddie Rosario has twenty one. Sean Murphy has twenty one. Ozzy fucking Albies has 33. I feel like that's a lot for him. That I mean, that's yeah. a really good home run season for Ozzy Albies. Uh, Austin Riley, 37. Tied with Marcelo Zuna at 37. Ronald Acuna, 41. And Matt Olson, 53. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we're like, I think in these last four games, we have to hit four home runs. To break the record. Yeah. You can have multi-home run we're games. At, we're at 303 home runs as a team. 
I believe. There you go. Um, let's see what else I got. Um, <clears throat> Garrett Cole is the first Yankee ever with three 200,000, uh, uh, 200 strikeout yeah. seasons, um, which is hard to believe to me. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I feel like the Yankees, like, not to come off as arrogant, but have had like many legends come through the ranks in New York. Yeah. And it's just kind of hard to believe that like not thing, even Roger Clemens. Yeah. My thing is like when, when you think of the Yankees, like you think of their best players ever, not a lot of them are pitchers. Yeah. That is yeah. a good point. It's like, yes, That's Roger Clemens, but also he had good years elsewhere. Um, it's like, David Cohn had a couple of good years. Different guys all over, like, had good years, but it never – it was never, like, a career guy other than, like, Goose Gossage, but he didn't throw a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, CC Sabathia, but we got him yeah. at the down end of his career. He Randy Johnson played, like, one year. Yeah, yeah. Randy I, did get a lot of strikeouts, just he was old <laughs> as shit when he was playing for the Yankees. Exactly. Um, I – he also had a uh, complete game last night versus the Blue Jays. Uh, that was his second complete game shutout of the season. Um, and I think it was like a two-hit game as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> you forgot about this one um, when you were talking about retirement players. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, Miguel Cabrera yeah. is right now in the middle of his uh, last homestand of, at uh, Comerica Park. So. Yeah. It's going to be weird not having Miguel Cabrera around. I know. That's kind of the end of that era. Like Poppy, Beltre, Pujols, and Cabrera. I kind of group them all together. Even though, like, Poppy's been out of the league since 2016. Yeah. Um, Here's a good one. Uh, Last week, Giancarlo Stanton struck out 84 times in his last seven at-bats. Wait. It's a joke. Okay. Joe. <laughs> I was about to say, this isn't adding up. <laughs> it damn sure feels like it. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, man. It's fine. He'll be there next is... year. He'll fix it. He, you're right. He'll fix it. Um, let's see. Uh, do you want story time to be my last news or a more of a question to you to be my last news? You do it however you'd like. Uh, okay, I'm going to leave story time for last because my story yeah. time is pretty badass. Cool. Um. So MLB released an article that was uh, they released 11 underperformers who can make a difference in the postseason. I just wanted to throw out these names to you and you just give me your thoughts on these guys, whether you think they can make a difference in the postseason despite having a bad regular season. All right. Um, Byron Buxton. Uh, no, that team's going to go out real quick. Uh, Jazz Chisholm. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. He just – I think that Marlins team's relying on the pitching because that offense just isn't good. It would take a, a ridiculous performance from him to, like, actually do something for them. Okay. Um, is it the same answer as Byron Buxton with Carlos Correa? Yes. They're both just – that whole lineup sucks at hitting. <clears throat> <laughs> it's hard to win baseball games, especially in the playoffs, if you can't score runs. Point. Um, about Ty France. I think he could, for sure. If they even make it. Yeah, a lot of these teams are still in question. Yeah. Um, uh, at number five, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 
Yeah, you can always hit a home run. So that that's always going to change the course of a playoff game. Okay. Um, this one's pretty interesting. I, I like this name a lot on here. Uh, Cedric Mullins. Yeah. I think he's going to play a bigger role than anticipated for this Orioles okay. team. Because he is kind of the, the veteran s- somehow uh, on this yeah. team. He, he hasn't <laughs> been in the league that long. He's only been good for <clears throat> two, two and a half seasons, three seasons. Like, it's... You wouldn't think he would be in that role, but he is, and he plays it well. I, I think even if the stats don't reflect it, he is going to be a leader for this team in this postseason run. That That is pretty crazy. He Two or three seasons, and he's one of the veterans on that team. Yeah. Um, Aaron Nola. He's always, like, he's always going to have a good performance. It, 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 I don't know when. It might be too late, but... He's always like good for like a, a eight innings, sixteen strikeouts. Like he just does that sometimes. Yeah. Um. Jeremy Pena. He's a hard one to 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 figure out because the rest of this Astros lineup is hitting so well. When last year it it really took his efforts to to get them over the hump, and it led them to a World Series. His play led them to a World Series. This year, it just doesn't seem like he's playing that big of an impact. Like Altuve is very much back. Bregman is very much back. Kyle Tucker's had a phenomenal second half of the season. Oh yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if he'll be as big of a factor as he is last year, but you know, if his bat turns up, it's certainly going to be helpful. Okay. Um, a couple more. <coughs> um, Talion, the Cubs. No, I I think I I don't even if they do make it in, I don't see them lasting long because if they make it in, they're likely going to play the Phillies first round, and that's just a recipe for disaster. The Phillies are way more hot than them right now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um, how about a guy we just talked about, Rowdy Telez? Yeah, Rowdy Telez, kind of just like what I said about Vlad. He's like he can always hit a homer, so he can always be a difference maker. All right, then the last one's a brave. Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright is interesting because Morton's already going to miss the NLDS. So he's gone for the NLDS. That's already the the best veteran pitcher we've got. Freed, who, you know, has some years under his belt, is just now, like, coming back. Like, he's literally going to be just coming back into the lineup for the start of the NLDS uh, after I think he had some blistering on his fingers. Strider is second favorite in the Cy Young right now, despite having a fucking ridiculously bad ERA for how well he's pitched. So he's a tough one because, you know, we're likely looking at what we're we're matched up right now. Um, or no, wait, okay, so earlier I had said that the Cubs are going to face the Phillies. The Cubs are likely going to face the Brewers, sorry. We're looking at either facing the Phillies or the Diamondbacks at the moment, I think. Um, that doesn't bode well. And Kyle Wright, no matter who is pitching, I think I have the bracket all mixed up in my head. But nonetheless, whoever we're playing against, Kyle Wright's really got to have his stuff, and he hasn't had a lot of time to figure it out. And so that kind of scares me. I, I think we should... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, 
now that the what is the NLDS still a best of five? Am I am I stuck in my old ways right now? Or Lord, I, don't, I don't even know. Seven? I can't remember. I always thought it was best of seven. Yeah, it used to not be. It it definitely has to be now, right? I think it is. I think it is. Final okay. answer, yes. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, if it's best of seven, I'd love to see him. That's kind of how I see it. He's got extra break with us not playing in the wild card, which helps. You know, we get kind of a week off. Um, so that definitely helps out. So yeah, I think I think Kyle Wright's gonna have some time. He's gonna throw some bullpens. Um, and he'll be ready. The guy's just really good at limiting runs, and that's and really good at just winning games. That's what he did all last year, led the league and wins. So, yeah, I think he'll be a good addition. Perfect. Well, that was fun. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Let's hear the story. Nice. Oh, this one's sick. I, I pray you haven't heard about this. So, Jason, <laughs> hop in my time machine. I'm going to take you to a, I'm gonna take you to a baseball game. We're going on a date. Yeah, let's so, go. We're going on a date to a baseball game in 2008 where the okay. Diamondbacks and the Dodgers were playing against each other. Listen, you and I are about to witness greatness because not only do you get to watch Greg Maddox play for the Dodgers at 42 years old. I know exactly. On the other side, well, anyway, I'm going to keep up my story. (laughs) On the other side is Randy Johnson at 44 years old. Mm -hmm. These two pitchers are about to face off in 2008, both just, you know, legends, legends of the game, all wrinkly now. Well, pitching, you know, starting pitchers were changed this game. Instead, this crowd got stuck with two rookies, and it, it big bummer because uh, these two rookies were Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, yeah. who was just 20 years old. Yeah, I think he was 2-0 and to start off his career um, going into that one, and then I think Scherzer had lost all of his games he had pitched before that game. That That's crazy. What, what a weird coincidental thing in baseball. Uh, yeah, Scherzer played for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where he started, uh, and then went to Detroit. But yeah, it's absurd to think about like those two guys just happened to start that day. Yeah, <laughs> no, it ended is up wild. D- dominating pretty much our generation. Of yeah, baseball players, or yeah. pitchers. Honestly, they're still dominating. Clayton Kershaw is still one of the best. <laughs> So I don't, I don't ever want to see him go. I don't either, but I think it's coming soon. Not this and not after this season, but soon. I think he's got a year or two yeah. in the tank. Same with Verlander. I think Verlander yeah. might end up outlasting all of them. Cause that recent Tommy John, I think gave him a little boost though. He didn't pitch well for the Mets. I think he's got a little <laughs> more longevity in him. Um, but is that all the news? That was all I had. Okay, well, let's get into a very busy weekend preview. Um, oh, boy. There's so many games that are detrimental to the playoff situation. Um, so, series all start up Friday. There's games on tonight that are huge, but um, for now, we're just talking about the weekend. So, the Marlins play the Pirates. Uh, the Red Sox play the Orioles, which only matters if the Orioles lose to the Red Sox tonight on Thursday. Because if the Orioles win one game, uh, they clinch the AL East. But 
The Rays play the Blue Jays, which is big because the Blue Jays don't have a huge lead in the wild card over the three seed um, Astros at the moment. And then the Rays are still technically trying to win the AL East. They're not going to. Um, then we have Cubs Brewers, uh, which is just big because the Cubs are fighting for a spot, but the Brewers are already locked in. Uh, Reds Cardinals is big because the Reds have really fallen out. They look really bad right now. Um, their chances of making the playoffs have quickly, quickly dropped uh, quite a lot. They're now down to a 4% chance to make the playoffs. And Damn. then uh, Astros D-backs is huge for both teams. They're both in a, a yes. relatively compromised spot. And then Rangers Mariners is obviously enormous. Because if the D-backs play well against the Astros and the Rangers play poor against the Mariners, that division could totally change. It could end up it could end up with the Astros winning that division, the Mariners making it in, and the Rangers fall out. It could actually happen, no. which is crazy. Ridiculous. I, I don't even know. I would love it if the Astros fell out. Oh yeah. I really would. Yeah be fantastic <laughs> and then um I, I don't think any other series matter for playoff implications uh everybody else i don't know yankee yankees royals could off. really affect the world series Definitely. i mean that that yeah. one could change the course of uh everything really. yeah carlos Rodon on friday his three and seven record and five seven four era uh versus an undecided pitcher for kansas city which means it's probably going to be a prospect they bring up it's going to be ugly, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Um, and what a weekend. Yeah. What a weekend. What a weekend. And um, just about everybody kicks off at about the same time Sunday. Um, so everything's going on at the same time Sunday. So if there's any any clinching opportunities, it all goes down Sunday. Because with all the new rule changes and everything uh, in playoff format, there's no more game 163s. No more tiebreakers. Everybody plays an odd number of games against each other, so somebody's got to win them. Uh, Why are we all playing at three? We need to have, like, a night game. Well, Sundays you typically play early, and also the teams that make the wild card have to be wherever they need to be by Tuesday. Oh, that is true. Dang, the wild card is really, like, that soon. Yeah. Wow, that really puts it into perspective. Yep. Come a long way, Grayson. Uh, oh yeah, this has been quite a long season. Especially keeping up with everything has made it oh, yeah. feel much longer. Um, but I love it. I I love it a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing else going on this weekend. So the uh, the playoff picture. I've got a little bit of information here. Um, just kind of about what's gone on, who's clinched, whatever. So. Uh, Braves walked it off against the Cubs last night, and they've now locked up the number one seed in the NL, meaning home field advantage through the NLCS. And then tonight, a Braves win or an Orioles loss, um, tonight being Thursday, uh, will get the Braves home field advantage throughout the entire playoff run. Um, and then the Dodgers are locked in at the two seed in the NL. The Brewers locked in at three, and the Phillies locked in at four. Uh, on the AL side, the Twins are likely to have the three seed um, in case something crazy happens and the Rangers get swept and nobody wins games in that division other than the Mariners. 
Um, the Twins don't win any games. Something crazy could happen. But they're probably going to get the three seed. The Orioles need one win in their next four games to clinch the AL East and the first seed in the AL playoffs. So um, it's likely the Orioles are going to win tonight. But there's no way they go the rest of these games without winning because they haven't been swept since midway through last year. Um, So I think they'll be fine. Uh, The Rays will likely be subjected to the fourth seed, even though they have the second best record by far uh, in the American League. And then the AL West is still a huge mess. Ooh, it's coming down. Yeah. So as it it stands right now, uh, Philly has the uh, four seed. Arizona has the five seed, and the Marlins have the six seed after these two wins against the Cubs by the Braves. Uh, they've fallen down to a 29% chance to make the playoffs, uh, being the Cubs. The Marlins a 69%, the Diamondbacks a 98%. But the Diamondbacks could play spoiler on the American League side because they're facing the Astros while the Mariners and Rangers play each other. If the Mariners sweep a four-game series against the Rangers, that will be huge. It will be genuinely insane if the Mariners sweep this four-game series. And if Houston doesn't win, or or even if Houston wins all their games, which would totally fuck over the Diamondbacks, this whole thing with these four teams being the ones involved changes everything. Because the yeah, Cubs are playing a Brewers team that has nothing to play for. Their spot is, you know, signed, sealed. So, if but then again, you know, the Braves kind of played spoiler on that too. So, I, I don't know, man. There, there's no telling what happens. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the Mariners overcome this and, and actually beat out the Astros to make it in. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> But, yeah, it, it's wild. So, as it stands, um, we would have – okay. Yeah, I had the I had the setup of the playoff wrong. So, right now, the six seed would play the three seed. So, the Marlins would play the Brewers. The winner of that plays the Dodgers. Winner of Diamondbacks-Phillies plays the Braves, which we got fucked with that. <laughs> that is fucked. I'd so much rather play the Brewers or the Marlins than the Diamondbacks or the Phillies. Yeah, way more. Me too. Um, All right, that light that I had right there was literally like (laughs) turning my brain to liquid. Okay, well I'm glad you turned it off then. Um, you might need that. You might need your brain. Um, Oh yeah, maybe. At least in solid form. (laughs) Uh, but the AL side right now, the Orioles hold the one seed. The Rangers hold the two seed. The Orioles would play the winner of Blue Jays Rays, and the Rangers would play the winner of Astros Twins. Wow, I, I can't believe the Rangers and the Orioles are one and two. Yeah, Jill. yeah, like the Rays. Even like, let's be honest, the Rays should the be. Yeah, yeah, the Rangers have had a crazy comeback in this last couple of weeks. It's wild, and the Mariners' really starting pitching has sucked. Yeah, big time. Um. Yeah, I think that's kind of it's just about all for the playoffs. Um, this is setting up to be a fun postseason, and I mean, 
the yeah. whoever the sixth seed is is basically guaranteed to play against the Rangers. There's no way. Like, I, I'm right there with you. The Twins won't win this wild yeah. card game, and if they do, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just a refresher on the playoff schedule because it will be starting by the time you know we record the next episode. The playoffs will have started. Um, I was actually right. The ALDS is only a best of five. Wild card series best of three. Um, so ALDS best of five, and then uh, CS and World Series best of seven. And awesome. yeah, so the wild card series you'll have the AL and the NL each day. Game one Tuesday, game two Wednesday, game three Thursday, and then it's over. Um, divisional series starts Saturday, October 7th <coughs> for the AL uh, as well as the NL. All right. Awesome. Exciting. Well, shit, man. Let's talk some fucking soccer. Premier League weekend preview. Oh, boy. <coughs> it's... it's- it's an okay weekend. Is that <laughs> is that a fair title uh, over this one? It's not great. I don't know. I mean, the games that we're talking about are pretty damn good. I, I like Villa Brighton as far as Liverpool. The problem is the significant drop off after that. Because uh, <laughs> there are, are some... you are you referring to Chelsea? <laughs> Perhaps. No, I'm talking about the games after these three. Well, also, Fulham oh, Chelsea kind of sucks, but it does. <laughs> um, like Bournemouth Arsenal yeah. and Everton Luton and Man United Crystal Palace might be the fourth best. Man United versus Crystal Palace. Yeah, <laughs> might be. Uh, Newcastle Burnley, West Ham Sheffield, Wolves Man City. Sunday standalone game. Nottingham Forest, Brentford. Like that is ass. Yeah, that for especially for a standalone Sunday game. Yeah, and then like Tuesday we have the the rescheduled game for Luton Burnley at Kenilworth Road. It's just ugh. And next week's not much better. All the good matches, actually no, there is very good matches next week, but they're all on Sunday. Uh, nonetheless, mm. let's talk about Aston Villa Brighton. This is just a matchup of two teams. I love their play style. They play relatively similar. Like, I just I like watching both of these teams, and they've both been playing pretty well. Yeah, um, we did have the EFL Cup over. Uh, that's true. Over the week Newcastle um, knocked out West Ham or knocked out Man City. That's right. And uh, no Erling quadruple Holland. for you, bitches. Did you see that I uh, sent you Erling Holland and wanted uh, Isak's jersey? Yeah. Um. Well, Villa are coming off of a, a two-one loss to Everton. Actually, um, that is not a team to lose to. No, it is. It is not to. Um, they obviously a rotate lineup though. Um, yeah. John McNitt left back. Um, Gary Tumans left wing had a horrible game left wing um, why the Musa fuck are they playing... played... hold on why the fuck are they playing yuri telemans at left wing beyond me man <laughs> that is crazy he was actually i think subbed out in like the 46 minutes so he may have not even dressed after halftime that wouldn't surprise um, me Musa diaby at cam that's fine yeah uh and 
Ollie Watkins didn't start. Again, they played that Duran guy. Uh, and Ollie Watkins, I know for sure, came in in the 46 minutes. So, you know, just a, definitely a rotated lineup for Bri- uh, for Villa, sorry. But you would definitely expect them to take it against Everton. Yeah. And especially it's it's a Villa team that you and I have admitted, like, kind of has depth. Like, their bench looks good. It does. So, um, I just think it's honestly, it, it's what we've seen from Villa, because I think we talked about a European game where they lined up kind of funky and lost or tied. Or, or was were they the team that tied with, like, Lech Pozan? Yeah. Legia Warsaw? I think so. I think you was... and I were, you know, you and I were just kind of like uh, – Questioning it, and I, I don't know. I think it's poor management of their second team and of their depth because their depth is good. I just don't think they're being played right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you know when you look even at their last league match, which was against Chelsea last week, they started their best lineup. This is probably the ideal way that they line up, and they played well. It, it was a one nil win. Chelsea just looked bad. Just all attacking wise, they looked bad. Aston Villa looked fantastic. Pau Torres and Consa are a fantastic duel in the back. When dude, I can't imagine what this defense is going to look like when Tyrone Mings comes back. Oh and then Maddie Cash and Luca Digne look great. Douglas Louise and Kamara look fantastic in the midfield. Diaby probably shouldn't be playing striker. He probably needs to stick to you know playing on the on the wing or playing Cam, but. Ollie Watkins made up for it. He's the goal scorer in this one. He looked fantastic. Zaniolo's not great. I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, or McGinn, honestly. But I, I love this lineup. And, and honestly, it probably could have been better. You could have started Leon Bailey. You could have started Jacob Ramsey. You, you could have started Tielemans. Like, they do have depth, like we said. And I, I just... I don't know. I, I think that's probably more like what we're going to see, obviously, because, you know, a midweek EFL Cup match against Everton, you're not going to put out the starters, especially with a match like this coming on the weekend. But Brighton, dude, they lost to Chelsea in the EFL Cup this week. So it's like it's give and take. Both of these teams are fantastic. Probably the worst lineup Brighton could have put out there <laughs> without bringing up the under 23s. This is the worst team they could have put out. Like, I don't know who Pedro is up front. Yao Pedro, 22 Timmy years old. Played. No, no, like they had some good players, and I'll, I'll be honest. Um, you saw Ansu Fati in the lineup. You saw Mitoma, uh, um Lamptey, who, who's played a considerable amount as well. Uh, but yeah, like just a little interesting of a lineup for, for Brighton and – I think that was just a matter of Deserby wanting to sit some guys, give them a break. Because um, when you look at, like, Brighton is not a team that's probably used to, you know, last week, midweek match for uh, the, uh, what is it, the Conference League or whatever they're in. Yep. Um, and Actually, then, it was the Europa League. Oh, yeah, Europa League. Uh, and then Prem match. And then you have EFL Cup, and then you have another Prem match, and then the next week you're going to play another Europa League match. This was definitely like, this is when we conserved the starters. This is when we let a couple of guys just play a game. They lost to Chelsea. Boo-hoo. You, you're out of the AFL Cup. You can try again with the other domestic cup, or maybe the other one. So, I think they'll be fine. Um, Especially, like, you know, their last Prem games have been 
a 4-1 win, a 4-1 win, 3-1 loss to West Ham, but then they come back with two 3-1 wins in a row, one of them over Manchester United, um, and they beat Bournemouth 3-1. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to your point, other than that West Ham lost uh, 3-1, they lost in the Europa League to AEK uh, out in Greece, and then they're losing to Chelsea in the EFL Cup. So I think you really – um, you couldn't have said it better. They're they're not a team. They don't have a manager or players that are used to having to do this. Yeah, and uh, it definitely shows. Definitely, yeah. um, but for both teams, like there's there's firepower here. Whether whether you're yeah. aware of these players or not, there is firepower. Um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he scored quite a few goals for Brighton. If Fer- Ferguson. Evan Fer- yeah, yeah, Evan Evan Ferguson, yeah. their striker. Four goals. Yeah, he looks great. Four goals. Diaby has looked fantastic. Two goals, two assists. Like, these guys are looking good. And both teams score goals. Brighton's averaging three goals a match. They have the best average in the league right now. But they haven't kept a clean sheet in ten matches as a team. Yeah. That's haven't wild. done it once this season. Yeah. And... But they also create a ton of chances. And like I said, they score a lot of goals. So it's all offensive-minded here for Brighton. And that's what I don't like when they match up against Aston Villa. Aston Villa has a pretty solid attack. We know that they score two goals a match. They're ranked sixth in the Prem in that. But Villa's defense is so much better. So much more physical. I think it, it matches up much better. Though Brighton has a crazy good offense, especially when you have... You know, Matoma having the week he had last week, he came off the bench and scored two goals to win the match. And just that kind of stuff changes the course of a game. So I think Deserby's probably the better decision maker as a manager in this matchup. But Unai Emery's side with Aston Villa is so much more well-rounded to me that they match up so perfectly. I'm going to take Villa 2-1. Gotcha. Um, do you think Aston Villa has a better defense than Newcastle? Right now, yeah. Actually, they look they've looked good in their last two. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. I I'm still not sold I'm kinda... on, on Burn at left back. Yeah. Though yeah. he plays it relatively well, he is not fast enough for it. That's a good point. Um I kinda like your take. Um and Villa really uh, all those players that I just mentioned that kind of had an iffy game that were played out of position in their uh, EFL are much better off the bench in the Premier League yeah. they really are um I just think that depth and like you said that well-roundedness is probably going to push Aston Villa over Brighton um I, I honestly don't know if a lot of people would say that I, I think most people would probably take Brighton in this game I'm uh, I'm gonna stick with you I'm gonna go 2-1 oh, yeah. Aston Villa let's go Got the boy on my side. Took some convincing. Yes. But, um, all right, the next match, Spurs versus Liverpool. We have just a, a firing, firing Tottenham team. A top-four matchup here. Liverpool, 16 points. Tottenham, 14 points. This game is genuinely like a, a real matchup. Yeah, and... Tottenham are coming off of a game where um, Hyungman's son, I mean, I, I have a controller here. He, I mean, he he watched second and short and did the whole – he leaned yeah. up. Yeah. 
And uh, even out of position playing striker, uh, I mean, I guess you can score two goals with James Madison behind you. But yeah, I, I don't want to take anything away from Sun because that was a that was a great performance. It, it, it feels like his best performance since like 2017. <laughs> Honestly, um, I, I feel like he had he had like one good match last year. I'm I'm just exaggerating, but um, <laughs> I mean, shout out Sun though. I mean, he kept yeah. Spurs in a game, and I think I even said like best case scenario for Tottenham is will be a two do two two draw versus Arsenal. I think I said that on on one of our last podcasts, but yeah. um. I don't know. I I almost Why do I feel like Liverpool's kind of better than Arsenal? Cuz they don't lose. Liverpool's not losing. They actually they're not even drawing. They're just winning. They are winning matches. 3-0 versus Villa, 3-1 versus Wolves in the fucking Conference League or Europa League, whatever they're playing in. 3-1 versus Lask, 3-1 versus West Ham, 3-1 versus Leicester in the AFL Cup. They just are winning and they're they're scoring three goals every single match. It's just like Brighton's doing, but Liverpool does it cleaner and with a better defense than what Brighton's doing. Like Liverpool and also they don't lose to Tottenham. They haven't lost in twelve meetings to Tottenham. Damn. Nine wins, three draws in their last twelve meetings. That's a big factor to me, especially going on the road and knowing that that you just don't lose to this team is huge for you because typically, let's say you're going into Hotspur Stadium and you're like, the atmosphere is going to get to you, whatever. Liverpool knows they can win every single time against Tottenham. I think worst case scenario, this game's a draw, which makes it a win for Tottenham. Time. Yeah. Um. Also, you know Mo, Mo Salah's been unbelievable. I had to put that out there. He's just trying to make the contract bigger from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, three um. goals, four assists. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Liverpool's only non-win was the one-one draw to Chelsea. Yeah. It's crazy because two games after that. They beat Bournemouth with a red card three to one, and then beat Newcastle with a red card two to one, and that game was just stupid. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really I don't like Tottenham in this game. You know, they have they had injuries against Arsenal, and I, and I think those injuries are coming into this game. Perisic being hurt is probably the biggest one for me too. But you yeah. also have guys like Celso and uh, Ben uh, Ben Kentor uh, also hurt as well. I think Kentor. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Liverpool probably three one. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Liverpool two nil. I think the goal two scoring, nil. yeah, the goal scoring comes to an end here for uh, Tottenham. You know, something I didn't even mention: um, Indo got an assist in their EFL game over Leicester and played the whole game. Look at him doing something. Look at him. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, I'm going to just let you take the stage, Fulham, Chelsea. You know, this is a have a fun stat. There are only two teams in the Premier League that have won every single game on expected goals, Manchester City and Chelsea. 
That's wild. Yep. But who's proves- actually won all of those games? Manchester City. Uh, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes and proves even more that come January, Victor Ossiman will finally join Chelsea because boy does he fucking hate playing at Napoli. Oh my right god. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that TikTok that Napoli made it made of him. That motherfucker just won you the Scudetto, and it was your best striker since a record-breaking Higuain season. He scored like 38 goals. Unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway, Chelsea Fulham. Um, the one nil bright, one win over Brighton, it still like wasn't a good win. I mean, it, it is promising that Nico scored, and we did play Cole Palmer at Cam, who looked – he actually looked very, very good against uh, Brighton. Um. I, it just if you look at the starting lineup, Chelsea just had way better players that played than Brighton did. Um, he lined up honestly with a borderline Premier League team, except like minus I I don't have the lineup in front of me, but I think it was like Thiago Silva didn't play. Um, I have the lineup right now. Um, okay, I know Connor Gallagher didn't play. Yeah, so your starting lineup from keeper up was Sanchez. In goal, and then Chilwell, Colwell, Desasi, Kukurea, Caicedo, Ugachukwu, Mudrick, Matson, Palmer, and Jackson up front. I mean, even though that's not Chelsea's full team, that's that's still like a serviceable Premier League team. Yeah. Um, and you know, Brighton to you know, like I just said, rotated their team more. So, I, I don't know. I do not know how Chelsea is going to look this game. It could be a game where we, you know, once again score zero goals. I think what hurts you the most uh, is Nicholas Jackson, Malo Gusto, and Malong Sar all being suspended. That That's going to hurt. I mean, maybe Nicholas Jackson being suspended opens up an opportunity. Um, for who? For somebody else. <laughs> I, I like Armando, uh, I like Armando Broja. Yeah. Broja. Yeah, he could. I come think in. he could, you know, do some work, but it's not. You know, I'm telling you, man. I wish we had brought back Giroud. Could have yeah. been the perfect striker for this team, but here we are. I don't it's think fun. he wanted to leave. I think he likes no. AC Milan. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and Fulham are coming off of a pretty. Would say impressive two one win over Norwich. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Williams still looks ridiculous even at his age. Um. Had some guys, you know, had some guys that we know, like Alex Awobi played. He scored. Carlos Vinicius. He scored. Um. I don't know, and it's a London derby. Um. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to just, I hate to be realistic to Chelsea, but I, I could see like a one one draw, two two draw. One one draw. One okay. draw. I'm gonna. <coughs> Neither of these teams have impressed me. I'll, I'll say that. Um. You know, fuck. It. Chelsea's actually gonna score a goal. They're gonna win a match one nil. And the more credit than me. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Boy>. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Jackson has the most shots on target for Chelsea. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that is something else. All right. Well, 
I already kind of ran through all the other fixtures uh, before we started talking about this. Um, so we might as well talk about the Champions League. Um, I, I jotted down like the best matchups, but you know we're kind of just going to talk about all of them. Um, so to start, <coughs> let's uh, stock Napoli Real Madrid. Huge, huge um, matchup. Yeah, and you know historically, I don't think Real Madrid has been the best against Italian teams. Um, you know, like like we kind of mentioned, uh, there is a disgruntled Alciman at Napoli. Um, and by the way, for those of y'all that don't know, the TikTok yeah. that I was referring to, um, the Napoli official TikTok page put Alciman's head a coconut. Yeah, and also part of that video was like making fun of him for missing a penalty. I believe. Yeah. Um, and for that, I'm taking Real Madrid, a, a team that just seems so tight knit. They have Zidane Zidane reincarnated and Jude Bellingham on their team. Um, yeah, they look phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, like uh, it's hard to say that Real Madrid's ever going to go into a match right now and just be like they're going to lose <coughs> because Jude Bellingham's exactly. literally. Scoring a goal every fucking time. Yeah. It's insane. And, like, these two teams haven't played since, I believe it was, like, 20, 2017. Um, I think. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the last time they played, March 7th, 2017. Um, I just... I don't know. It's hard to stop Real Madrid right now, man. Though they lost to Atletico Madrid, um, I think they've also got some guys coming back to the lineup. Like a couple of guys are healthy again, uh, which is obviously going to help them. But like against Los Palmas uh, in a La Liga match, they started their front three. Essentially, they had Rodrigo and Jose Lu as the strikers and Diaz as the cam. Ow. Like they don't give a fuck and they still want to know. Unbelievable. It was like what world is Brahim Diaz starting at cam for Real Madrid? Yeah, I, I don't know. And I'm actually just, just looking at it now, Jude Bellingham. I, I've never actually looked at his stats um, until just now. He does have seven matches played. La Liga and Champions League and six goals from midfield. Yeah. Incredible. And he didn't even play against Las Palmas. <laughs> Why would he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't it. even need him. Their midfield, <laughs> they didn't even have Cruz or Modric in the lineup either. And yeah. Vinny, Vinny is healthy again. He didn't make it in the lineup. Like, Cruz. Maybe if you and I get tickets, we'll get picked from the crowd and get to play. Maybe. <laughs> like, they. I don't even know, man. Like, Luca and Jude didn't even see the field in this game. Cruz was subbed on. Yeah. But, yeah, I I just, I don't see a world where Real Madrid loses this match, honestly. I don't either. I do not either. Um, Dortmund, AC Milan, the group of death. Um, AC Milan might beat Dortmund worse than PSG did. Yeah. I, I can really see that. Um, 
Should we give a score prediction for Napoli Real Madrid or no? We're just gonna Nah, no, nah, we're just gonna kind of brush over all the matches. Cool. Um, no, I, I, I just think AC Milan's a way more um hot team than uh, PSG right now. And Dortmund, I actually wanna. Dortmund kind of sucks. They they beat Wolfsburg, um, and of course they lost to PSG last week. Beat Freiburg before that, but it tied uh, Heidenheim and uh, Bochum. Okay, I'm gonna check AC Milan real fast. Let's see what I've they're got up to. Well. Milan beat Cagliari three uh, one. Their last match, uh, Hellas Verona one nil. Before that, uh, drew with Newcastle last or two weeks ago. Uh, lost five yep. one to Inter, which was crazy. Uh, but beat Roma two one. So really, that that Inter game was um was really it. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of their one hiccup. So yeah, I think um AC Milan could probably beat Dortmund two nil three nil here. Yeah, Dortmund just doesn't look good, man. Um, but all. AC Milan just couldn't finish two weeks ago against Newcastle. Um, That's a good point. I, I do think Dortmund's defense just is aging. It has. It seems like they have trouble keeping up with some of these fast-paced attacks. Like I know they they put in Schlotterbeck um, last week versus Wolfsburg, but Matt Hummels is getting up there. He's not fast at all anymore. <laughs> no, um, no. And like what their their other options like Nicholas Sewell has never been fast and never will be. So <laughs> if those two start. Rafael Leal might just have his way. He might He's not a- finish it, but he'll get there. <laughs> he is so entertaining, man. He is. And it's <laughs> real funny when he tries to do a back heel after beating every player on Newcastle. He misses, <laughs> just misses the back heel itself. <clears throat> I mean, like, <laughs> you sub him out after that? <laughs> I would. I mean, like- <laughs> That's crazy. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? It's like that um, that Balotelli clip. You know what yes. I'm talking about? Where yes. he immediately gets subbed out. It's great. Oh boy, it's how it should go. Yeah, I think exactly. I think Milan probably takes this one two 0 three 0 Yeah. Just have to see better finishing than they uh, they showed against Newcastle, and they'll be fine. Um, so let's talk about the other match from this this group: Newcastle PSG. I have zero comments, so I want you to take this. Oh, okay. Um. It's just, I think it's really cool just the fact that Newcastle gets to play PSG. Not like Newcastle's a small team, but in 2023, I mean, if you would have told me five years ago Newcastle was going to play against PSG in the Champions League, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, but I, I, Newcastle, you know, if there's a defense when it's on form that can stop PSG, Newcastle, I'd put it up there. Um, yeah. Whether it's going to happen, I, I, I don't know. I, I think realistically, PSG win this, but only by one goal. Whether it's a clean sheet or like a 2-1, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, look, Newcastle's on good form right now. You know, after, I think that the win over Brentford kind of broke the dry spell, and then you have the great draw against AC Milan two weeks ago, and then obviously this 8-0 routing of Sheffield United from last weekend that was fucking insane. First time a team has scored eight goals in a Premier League match, and it's not, or it's been a unique goal scorer each time. Shout out Kieran Oprah Trippier, Winfrey. three, three fucking assists. Um, the goal. Out the goals, man. Yeah. Um, and then 
you know, not starting our best lineup and beating a, a Man City team that also didn't. Um, but definitely, like, world-class players in this Man City lineup. I mean, Julian Alvarez, one of the best young players. You had Jack Grealish at left wing. Kovacic was in this lineup. Uh, Vardial, Ake, Akanji. Like, these are all great players. This is a shit lineup for Man City, though. Yeah. Right. And I, I it, it definitely showed. Um, but also, you know, Newcastle started essentially an entirely different back four. Tar- uh, Target... Dumet, Lascelles, and Livramento is entirely different from what you'll see on any given Saturday or Sunday in the Prem because we have a back four, and it is the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we yeah. saw Lewis Hall in this lineup and fucking Miley. I hate I hate Lewis Miley with a passion. I, I, I don't know. He's 17 years old. Each time I've seen him play a match, he sucks. Even like when I see him play matches that don't matter, he's just not good. I'll give him this ten for ten on his passing. Way to go, man! Sick. Um, but yeah, like this is not Newcastle. This is not Manchester City. So I can't base anything off of that. What I can base it off of is we played a hard fought match against AC Milan, who I think is great, and we're we're kind of back in goal scoring form. So, um, I think. You know, with our only significant injury right now being Harvey Barnes being out, I think we have a chance. And Mbappe might miss this one. Asensio might miss this one. Nuno Mendes uh, is definitely missing this one. And as well as Kempembe probably missing this one. So I like our chances, honestly, though they still have Randall Kulumuwani. They still have Gonzalo Ramos and every other fucking guy on that team. I still don't think they're that good. They lost to Nice. A week ago or two weeks ago. Yep. That shouldn't happen. Not this team. So I'm going to fuck it. 2-1 Newcastle. Fuck it. So you don't have any comments about this game? Nope. Zero. <laughs> None of those were comments about this game. Oh, man. I like the confidence, though. I, I, I don't even think you're that crazy for saying that. I really can see it happening. I could. I actually can't now that I'm thinking with my brain (laughs) (laughs) all right uh next like big matchup uh leipzig manchester city in leipzig yeah last season manchester city i want to say put up like maybe what they put up a lot of points against leipzig um yeah last season in the champions league um it's going honestly dude I could see them doing it, doing it again. Uh, Leipzig's not a bad team. No. But um, it just, I don't know. I, I feel like since Manchester City's done it before, they'll probably do it again. Yeah. Honestly, if Manchester City lines up against them like they did even against Nottingham, where, like, like Bernardo Silva's out right now. Um, Kevin De Bruyne's still out. John Stones is a little banged up. Probably won't even make the lineup anyways. Like, <laughs> That lineup against Nottingham Forest is what I kind of expect. Maybe you'll switch out Diaz. Maybe you'll switch out like Holland and just start Alvarez just cause and bring Holland in later. Um, whatever you do, you're probably gonna win this game. As good as Leipzig is. Yeah. Um, so the February game, uh, this was a two leg fixture. They they played each other, I think, in the round of sixteen, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, something like that. Had a a one-one game in Germany behind a Bundesliga crowd that's obviously always going to be loud, and then you have um, 
took it to Manchester and they scored seven on him. Yeah, I, I remember so, us talking about that game. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, so maybe it goes the same way. Maybe it's a close one in, in Germany this week, and then a few weeks from now we see the routing in Manchester. <laughs> I can see it happening. It sounds believable. It does. Uh, but, yeah, for me, like Manchester City, whatever lineup they roll out there, as long as you've got Holland and Doku, who's had a fantastic start to his career. But yeah. If you got those guys in the lineup, you can be all right. It, it, I'd throw, I'd throw Rodri in there, too. Yeah, Rodri as so well. Good. But, like, everybody um, else, maybe Kyle yeah. Walker as well. Have him in there. Everybody else is entirely interchangeable. <laughs> Literally, that's how scary they are. Yeah. Just wait till Kevin De Bruyne comes back, and Bernardo Silva. They're both. I don't even feel right like now. he's hurt. No, it doesn't because they haven't lost. They they haven't even drawn. They've won six games in the fucking prem already. That's it. Unfair. That's all of them. Fair. They're about to beat Leipzig four nil. Yeah. That's a pretty uh, solid. I'm thinking. Um. All right. Let me pull up the rest of the Champions League matches. Um. See. Barcelona Porto. Wow. Yeah. There's some decent matchups. Um I think Man United plays Galatasaray. Galatasaray. Yeah. Old Trafford. Yep. So yeah, you've got full lineup. Tuesday's matches are Union Berlin versus Braga, which Union Berlin should take easy. Uh, Red Bull Salzburg versus Real Sociedad. Man United Galatasaray, Copenhagen Bayern, Lens Arsenal, PSV Sevilla, uh, Napoli Real Madrid, like we talked about, and then Inter Benfica. That's also a good matchup. Uh, Wednesday, Atletico Madrid, Feyenoord, Antwerp, Shakhtar Donetsk, uh, Celtic Lazio, Dortmund Milan, Newcastle, PSG, Leipzig Man City. Red Star Belgrade versus Young Boys and Porto Barcelona. Hey, you know, I think out of all those games, if I was to pick an upset, um, I would either take like Galatasaray or Porto. Yeah, I was gonna yeah pick upsets. I'm thinking the same thing. Especially, you heard about Barcelona today, right? Yeah, some like. I can't remember what the find it. the allegation was. I, I was... just saw um, Victor Ozzyman linked with uh, Real Madrid <laughs> there. That means you guys are getting Mbappe. <laughs> right. Let me go to my saved. <clears throat> I just uh, thought about how did. insane Mbappe and Jude Bellingham are going to play together. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God, dude. Fuck. Be the new Manchester City, um, hey. but hey, at least he'll be out of our league. That's true. <laughs> we'll have to see him that often. Uh, Barcelona have been charged with suspected bribery for payments worth right. more than seventy million. Uh, I, I think that's euros um, made to companies linked to the former vice president of the refereeing committee, committee Jose Maria Enriquez uh, Negriera. Official sources have told the Spanish news agency what uh that, what's going on that's not good <laughs> not good at all so what they're getting like a points deduction probably and that's it and they'll probably still win the league they gonna win the league maybe 
got Jude Bellingham to deal with. We talk about him so much on this podcast. Dude, dude. he's insane. <laughs> he is. He's just crazy. Oh, God. <clears throat> oh, like, what, what does literally, the La Liga table look like right now? Way, way better than Why he's ever fuck? looked in his entire career. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Girona <laughs> is in first place in La Liga right now. What? They have 19 points in seven matches. Holy shit, you're right. They haven't even lost. Nope. Him and Barcelona are the only teams that haven't lost a game yet. Yeah, Real Madrid has a loss, and they have more points than Barca. Yeah. Damn, Sevilla in 12. What the fuck? I saw Sergio Ramos getting pissed off in that locker room. That video is great. I did not see that. Yeah, dude. He was like, he was like we can't settle for one point. <laughs> wow. Wild. Val- Valencia in eighth, Atletico Madrid in fifth behind Athletic Club. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wild. Oh, wow, wow. I'm glad we don't keep up with that league. <laughs> yeah, we, we we would be struggling yeah. right here. <laughs> the pro- the thing is, is, like I know guys on every Premier League team. Don't ask yeah. me a player that plays for Las Palmas. <laughs> or oh, like Lord. Almera. Dude, I think I. I think I ate at a Las Palmas. Like, Dude, not that's like a ago. popular Mexican <laughs> franchise, like Mexican yeah. food franchise in our area. That's amazing. Yeah, there's like 10 of them. But yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, don't ask me who plays on Las Palmas. I think, uh, fuck. Last guy I could think of. Jonathan something. He's Spanish. Of course, he plays in Spain. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Nonetheless, it's questions time. I love this part. Per usual, we end off the show with some questions. Luke, you got the first questions. I'm letting you take it. I actually, you need to have the first question. Okay. I guess I have the first question. Thank you. Um, Who is your favorite player? Sorry, who has been your favorite player to watch this season in the NFL? NFL. Yeah. Uh. I, there's so many guys like Brian Branch looks phenomenal as a yeah. rookie. Uh, Jesse Bates, another safety that switched teams. I'm just glad he's not in the AFC North so I can finally appreciate what he brings to the league. Um, I, I think Kirk is probably having the best season of his career. Uh, Justin Jefferson has been a part of that as well. Um, I, I honestly could go on and on. Jordan Addison looks fun as a rookie. Yeah. Um, Sam Laporta. Looks phenomenal as a rookie tight end. Um, and I think George Pickens has grown a lot. Yeah. I think he's a much better wide receiver this season. Um, that that would be, I guess, some of, some of the guys I can throw out there. Okay. I like that. NFL question? Um, I want to save my NFL question. What the fuck? What, what is this? I okay. I'm gonna. Th- this one will be fun to think of, and I okay. I don't want to bias one. You can give me the bias one, but I want you to try to think of another one. Okay. What is your favorite MLB postseason, just as a whole, most entertaining postseason? Um, I don't. I can't think of like a full postseason. I think twenty. Obviously, I enjoyed 2021. I think that's the the clear part here. I enjoyed yeah. 2021, of course. 
Um, you can go back and look at them if you want. No, I should know them. <laughs> 20. I, I liked 2018. The Red Sox. That run was six. Steve Pierce, super clutch. <coughs> that was cool. I think Brandy Rosarena's run uh, in 2020 was sick. I think that one was very special. Um, yeah, those are like the main ones I remember. Obviously, like all the Giants postseason runs when they won in 08, 10, 12, or no, 10, 12, 14 was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, like, my favorite moment of all time was David Freeze and the, uh, when the Cardinals won the World Series in 2013, I think. Oh, yeah. That plays crazy. Yeah. So those Absolutely. those are a few where like they're the big moments that I remember. Like I don't remember a full postseason outside of like twenty twenty one because I was really paying attention. Yeah. Um I guess I think if the, if, as well. Yeah. If the question was flipped, I think of postseason, I just think of uh Didi Gregorius versus the Guardians. That's that's what I think of when I think of postseason. Yeah. I think that was 2017 or 16, maybe even 15. Yeah. Uh, somewhere Cleveland in there. Baseball but... team at the time. Yeah. Cleveland baseball team. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I guess I'll go right. ahead and ask my MLB question since you're just saving your NFL question. Um, yeah. Who's the NL Cy Young? Um, let's see. I, I want to see if Justin Steele is actually in contention. L by Young odds. We'll see odds. Uh, 13 hours ago, um, the Athletic has Zach Gallon. Uh, no, has they have Blake Gallen... Snell as the favorite. I'm looking at it right now. Let's see, at least uh, I, uh, on Fox Sports, they have the betting favorites. Um. <coughs> And that was as uh, oh that was as of ten days ago. So maybe it's maybe it's different. Just Looking at sports line here. Dime. I'm I'm seeing a lot of Justin Steele still. So I'm gonna go Justin okay. Steele. All right. I think he'd be the coolest. Um, it'd be cool if Strider won it. But you know, like you said earlier, I just don't know if that ERA is gonna do it. Um, yeah. Agreed. And, Blake Snell, I, I guess I kind of like Blake Snell, um, but I would definitely prefer Justin Steele. Okay. Yeah, I, I like Blake Snell for it. Just 23 straight outings of less or three or less earned runs is crazy. Yeah. Um, I think he's got like a 1.2 ERA over that 23 game stretch. So that's wow. pretty good. Phenomenal. Um, yeah. All right. Soccer question. Uh, who's your least favorite Premier League player? Um, mm, this is tough. See, I don't have like deep rooted hatreds. You no. know, um, yep. I kind of hate Mo Salah. I just he's been good. He's on my list. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, mine is definitely Richarlison. Okay, yeah. Of course, yeah. I, I, you know. I think Don't I hate him, him as a joke. <laughs> I I honestly think at Everton he was an arrogant piece of shit. Okay. Uh, whenever he was good, uh, and of course, like you know, I'm 
do not wish like any of that mental health issues on him if he was actually you know struggling um but i cannot stand him <laughs> yeah that's fair yep. that's a fair one um what's your all-time midfield so like let's just say it's just three midfielders what's your all-time midfield I, can it be anybody in the world or are they Premier oh, yeah. League related? All time. Anytime. Premier League re- Premier League related, Gerard Skulls Lampard. Okay. That's fair. If we're, if we're gonna go like all time, uh like any anywhere yeah. in the world, uh Lord. I have to have Pierlo. Yeah. I have to have if I'm the manager, I have to have Pierlo on my team. Um I would take this is gonna sound weird, Pierlo. Michael Essien from Chelsea as like my tank who can also yeah. score like ridiculous long shots. And then probably Zidane, just kind of like a do-it-all player. I like that. I know that's like a weird midfield, but I'm thinking in terms of like a nerd. I actually want to win games. Yeah. I don't think – I don't really think like fielding – like if you had like Zidane, Ronaldinho, and some other like really good dribbler, that in a Premier League today, that I feel like they would just get trashed. Oh, Premier League yeah. players are built like for refrigerators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um I no. think I think I'd have to have Rude Hullet there when it comes to like that all around guy that just does everything. He does everything so well. Um then I'd go for I think I yeah I think Pirlo as well. I I love like a kind of a deep sitting playmaker that can also make runs up the field. Is super weird. It's a super fun beard. way to play. And then I guess I'm sort of missing like an attacking or like a true defensive mid. Um. Actually, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Francesco Totti. Oh wait, who am I thinking of then? Trying to think. There was a CDM for Roma that was Italian that played like with him. Oh, De Rossi. De Rossi. That's who I'm thinking of. I'm gonna go okay, with him. That's a, I really that's a, liked watching him when I first started watching soccer. Out of the bag pick right there. Wow. Yeah. I like him a lot too. He was great. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. What's this NFL question that you felt you needed to save? <laughs> So I honestly couldn't think of an NFL question. So I came up with uh, something that I watched in Wednesday's episode of this podcast. If you guys haven't seen it, by the way, check it out. After um, you're done watching this one. After you're done watching this one. Yeah, don't click off. Um, so you guys uh, were talking about, uh, I, I may not even be able to get through this without laughing. Okay. You guys were talking about the Chiefs and... Uh, Obviously, there is somebody that has taken over our sport yep. from another realm. Agreed. And uh, they may or may not have a relationship with one of the best football players uh, on the Chiefs. Yep. Right. And uh, your our our co-host Colin said, and I quote: "It seems like they are great for each other. I just don't understand. I, I just don't want the media to ruin it for them." <laughs> So my question to you is, why did he say that? And why Dude, didn't you just like cut, shut your laptop? I done filming? gladly would have just stopped there. I gladly, I think I said like, what oh are you talking God. about? Like, uh, you how, called him a pussy. Okay, good. Because that is lame. You're like, you sound like a bitch. Right yeah, I, I don't want to sit here and like spread like toxic masculinity. 
but we're three men talking about <laughs> sports. Why the? What are you talking? Why are you defending Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's like fucking probably fake relationship? Oh my god! Imagine Swifties wouldn't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. Like, oh. why did I buy this jersey? <laughs> yeah. That would be oh, hilarious if this was all fake. No. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I should have just been like, you're done. And just done the rest <laughs> of the episode myself. I should have kicked him. That was hilarious, though. I, I had to bring that up. And yeah. I just I thought it'd be funny to put it in my questions because you would have no idea. I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. All right, well, I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's just about everything. Yeah. Good-ass episode. Whole lot. Yeah, NFL. Uh, the NFL this weekend is going to be ridiculous, dude. Yeah, it's gonna it be is. So sick. This is going to be a crazy weekend in the NFL. We got <coughs> a couple of pretty good college football matchups if you're you know looking for something to watch on Saturday. But the big thing is going to be the baseball. Playoff clinching baseball is huge. And uh, it's super fun to watch. You're going to see players playing at the best of the best levels, um, trying just their best to win some games. So, um, what yeah. do you Braves have? Uh, I've had it one for a couple of weeks, but yeah. Hey, get, get close with that one. Yeah, I don't it's got, think I've it's seen got that the one. peach on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that the one. The peach underbrim. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever worn this one with you, but I got the old Steelers logo on a Carhartt hat. It's a 4 7 Carhartt collab. Fuck yeah. Cool. That's sick as hell. Fit check. Cat guys. (laughs) You will probably every single time I come on this podcast, there will be a hat on my head. A different one. Almost guaranteed. Not a different. I only have, you know, 10 fitteds. I have some other hats that I could put on my, I'm not going to show everybody in my room because it's a mess, but every like inch of the walls of my room is covered in hats. So um, Got a lot of fedoras on there. Yeah, yeah, they're all. I look like a <laughs> Minecraft kid. Just have a wall. I would of do fedoras. the. I would do the impression, but I don't want to get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we've held the people long enough. So, guys, make sure if you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Turn on notifications. Everything, and then go over to the podcast platforms. Join everybody else that's listening there. And follow the the, uh, the podcast, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. And then all of you that have listened, go find the nearest way to find our links. Linktree, you can find it on the YouTube channel. You can find it, I believe, in the podcast bio everywhere. You can find it right below us, all of them, all of them right there. And you can find it all in the Linktree, uh, which is all linked to all of our like socials and everything go there, find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Reddit, everything. And, um, yeah, let's just, uh, let's start getting it going. I, I think with the playoffs coming up and kind of getting into the heart of football season, uh, a lot of cool stuff is to come and, and maybe some, some minor changes been looking at a couple of things that uh, I want to start switching up here. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's about it. And, um, Yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Enjoy this weekend. Peace.